Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. You've got up 13, a chance to add to it. Caravan driving from the right wing. He goes up and scores over the top of Baycott. He's the rim protector. Timeout, Hubert Davis in North Carolina. It's ballooned right back up to 20. There's a tip and a steal. McCutter could get his career high right here to the bucket. Right hand layup, good. And fitting that he turns defense into offense for his new personal best. Inbound to Watson, the reverse goal from Anton, cutting from the free throw line. Wow, that was impressive. That was out of nowhere. 72-37. Damas, crossover dribble, like he's at the Y, just backing his way down. Leans in, short jumper, it's good! All day. Marcus Damas on the world's biggest stage at Madison Square Garden with 33 points, a new career high. Langston Love dribbles back between the rings. Passes left side to Jacoby Walter. Walter for the Bears. Into the corner. Ray J. Dennis. Three is in. Dennis, a big three-pointer for the Bears. Hey, hey, good morning, everybody. Connor Kavalek. Got oh, yeah. that right. Andrew Rogers. We're live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. Herdat Sports Radio. ESPN 590, ESPN Tri-Cities. Good morning, everybody. Shane Schillerberg, great open. Started with that UConn and UNC basketball game last night. Pretty good one. Um, top 10 uh, matchup, which was, uh, uh, let's just say it didn't end in the Tar Heel favor. Uh, UConn stayed ahead. And, uh, you know, in the second half, that's where I, I picked up most of it. Uh, UConn just started to... You know, put 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 UNC away, but uh, we won't stick too much on that matchup. But it is fun to to kind of keep an eye on those key college basketball games as the season kind of picks up now. Um, especially because you know Nebraska's starting Big Ten play tonight. Um, still only one loss, uh, the one loss coming to Creighton, a top 25 team there. And um, we'll talk a little college basketball too with Anna Bellinghausen later on in the show. She'll be here for the full hour. Uh, but Connor, day two for you. How you doing? Oh, I'm living the dream. It's nice to be back for day two. I know. You, I'm excited. I'm, tr- I'm trying to catch up to you with that mustache. Oh, game. it takes some time. I, I don't takes, think you're doing great. No, mine's a little dirty. Not no, going to lie. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I'm a little scruffy. I, I think I need to shave it off. No, I... Over the weekend, speaking of basketball, I, I about killed myself refing 20 basketball games. Um, 20 in one weekend. Yeah, 20 in You're one weekend. You're an insane man. Um, and I think that's what got me sick. Yeah, it could be. Um, I think I wore down my body, and uh, I was battling a fever the past two days. Uh, but I'm back. I'm refreshed. I feel good. That's look really, great. That's really all I had, though. Um, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, you know, you pick up a stomach bug or something viral or maybe it's the flu. And it was just like I didn't really lose my appetite. Didn't really, like, feel any, um, like, like, nauseous. Like, I, I didn't feel yeah. nauseous or anything. Just a little warm. I just was, yeah, I went to bed and I was... <laughs> 
I was on fire, <laughs> literally on fire. I was under the sheets, and I'm like, I can't do this. I, I, I got to get out of here. Um, so, no, we're back. We're good. We're feeling hot. And, and you know, I'm red hot still about what happened uh, on the college football playoff side of things. I haven't even gotten to voice my opinion yet, and that's why I feel like I've been boiling over the past two days. Uh, we've come across some new information there. But uh, am I at fault, Shane? for Florida State not making it because of what I said last week? Probably. Connor, I, I, I'm going to side with Shane here. Connor, I said FSU wasn't going to get in. I also said FSU shouldn't get in because I didn't feel FSU was one of the top four football teams. And, and that's what the <laughs> college mad. football – I'm not really mad. I feel bad uh, yeah. because maybe I spoke it into existence. <laughs> it is. It kind of is. Um, and I'll get to that, too, in a, in a hot sec, too. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I know Ravi hammered it on, on Monday, as he, as he should, and, and you guys got into it a little bit yesterday. Um, but the college football playoff committee, everybody knew they were in bed with the SEC. So, so it, in one way, shape, or form, the SEC was going to get in, and that's where my head was. But I didn't expect the chaos to actually happen yeah. So that's why I was okay with saying, yeah, Alabama should get in last week. <laughs> who's, who's to expect the eight seed to jump all the way to four? Yeah. Like, there's, in what world would that have come true when you have the back-to-back national champions taking on that eight seed in the SEC championship game? Yes, we saw Texas beating Oklahoma State. Uh, with Florida State moving to their third-string quarterback, it was like, well – like, Louisville's probably got this one in the bag, so that's good. And then, you know, Oregon-Washington really didn't matter. One of those teams was making it. One exactly. of them wasn't. But, yeah, I, uh, I said, no, Bama, Bama should be the team because they, if they win throughout the chaos, should be the better team than Florida State. But then I watched Florida State play. And even with the third-string quarterback, I'm like, that's a pretty good defense. They are gritty. That's a pretty good team. Absolutely. They run the ball pretty well, too. And not to say that I didn't watch Florida State throughout the year because I did when Jordan Travis played because if Jordan Travis was on that team, this would be no question. Florida no. State would be in. Yeah, they but would be a two or three. It's because Jordan Travis is out for the year. They're going to go with Rotomaker because he'll be back and healthy by the time, which is fine, too. I mean, Rotomaker's a good prospect, but he's not, you know, the status of Alabama. He's not, J- uh, he's not Milrow. He's, you know – there, there's a ton of things that, that Bama brings, whether it's financially, whether sure. it's name. Yeah, but doesn't, doesn't, doesn't America like the underdog, though? I mean, couldn't FSU have been the underdog? Who's are you, the underdog of these four? Is it going to be Alabama? Are, are you, I was going to say, are you saying Bama's not the underdog this year? But FSU would have been perfect for it. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with that. America but. loves the underdog, and I think they missed the boat on that. So, yes Cinderella and no. team right there. Yes and no, Shane, because a couple of years ago, Cincinnati could have been looked at as the so-called underdog, and people knew they were going to get crushed. Yeah, TCU last year. Uh, and, and people expected that to be yeah. a crushing until Connor Stallions, you know, messed up yeah. his game planning and said, oh, this is how they're going to do it, and they did it the other way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and people rooted for TCU, don't get me wrong, but still, TCU just, they, they can't go toe-to-toe with Georgia. No. That's why they got blown out. Well, and so that's, I think a lot of this focus with the college football playoff has been about why is Florida State not in. I think one of the more egregious things here is Georgia getting one loss to an Alabama team who down the stretch played fantastic and going from a one to a five. Georgia arguably 
actually, in my six. opinion, one to a six. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we've got Florida State at five. Georgia could beat any one of those teams in the top four. Oh, I, I am so confident in that. Yeah. Well, and so you you have to kind of shift them out though with the because, loss to Bama because they don't they aren't a, a conference champion. Sure. They don't have that on their resume. However. <laughs> To drop them, to, to, to keep Florida State at five, well, first off, Florida State was in the top four. To drop them after winning a conference championship 2-5, it, yeah. it's, it's kind of mind-boggling. It, it's weird that, again, we talk about, you know, best teams versus most deserving. Mm-hmm. Georgia is the best team, but they are not in there because they didn't deserve it. They didn't get their conference championship. Florida State does go undefeated, does get their conference championship, was already ranked in that top four, and then drops out. So it's weird. It seems to be this weird pick-and-choose about where best and most deserving apply. The committee reminds me of the boardroom in Hitch. Oh, yes. Remember that scene uh, when Kevin James is trying to, to win over the girl of his dreams, and uh, she's there, and she's like, I want to spend some money on my, on my friend's business. Hello, and friend. they're just like, actually, let us decide how this should go down. <laughs> and until somebody stepped up in the room, and it, it's like seven angry men. Right? Oh, is, yeah. that, is that what it is? 12 Angry Men? It's 12 Angry Men. Right? It's, it's, it's 12. Thank you, Shane. 12? I, ca- yes. I got there before you, though. Give me some credit. 12 Angry Men. It's yeah. like that scene where you have to be the one guilty vote. Sure. Right? And like that's like Kevin J- The college football playoff committee needs a Kevin James in this moment. They need somebody to say, uh, excuse me, sir. They need somebody to step in and say, look, I don't really agree with this. So it's like, funny that you say that. This. It's funny you say that because overnight it comes out that they went through six to eight rounds of voting on trying to push Florida State into that four num- or number four spot. So they, they continue to vote. They can't get a consensus, and they, they go to bed. And on Sunday they wake up, and in the morning it takes two rounds of voting, and suddenly FSU has been pushed out entirely. So the question is, what happened overnight? The question is, no one wanted to be there anymore, so there yeah. was some sneaky stuff going on under the table. Slipping $100 bills underneath yeah, the they doors. they were just like, hey, man, change your vote, and then we won't kick you off the playoff committee. Yeah, and that's probably a pretty cushy job. I can't imagine it's not a bad one. I'm sure it's just somebody's, go- like, golf scramble group. Yeah. Like, that's all that's – who, who's on the college football playoff committee? No, oh, no I, one knows. Oh, no, we do know. Oh, do we? Yeah, and they b- – judging by the picture, <laughs> um, they are, like, all mid-70s. Um, it's Let's get some young blood in there. You know, see the exciting stuff. So, uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, if anything – uh, I still think people should get more mad about Michigan being in there than they should about uh, Florida State being out. Uh, just, you know, there, there's a little thing that happened this year called a, called a cheating scandal. Uh, but, uh, you know, in, in, a world, in a world of adversity, it's what you got to fight through. Uh, Florida State, um, I still feel bad for all those players. But to be quite honest with you, too, Florida State could have been the four. Sure. Alabama could have been the three. You could, you could just leave Florida State in there. Yeah. I'm sorry. Alabama would be out. Uh, oh, Bama out. Texas, Texas, Texas three. Had, Texas had yeah. the game. In I was going to say, I wanted to see where you put Texas here because I, I firmly believe they do deserve uh, a Texas, spot. Texas would be the three, and they would play Washington. And there was something that you said before we even started today, and it was, well, you know, Florida State was going to get crushed anyway because you had them at the three to, to Washington. You said, uh, yeah, initially, yeah, and then you know we we talked and said, okay, maybe I I, yeah. I would rest him at four, and you know how good of a matchup would that actually look on paper 
Michigan and Florida State, even with a backup quarterback, those two defenses going head-to-head would have been very fun. Like, that's a good, that's a good football game. Would have been very fun. That's, that's a missed opportunity. That, that is a real missed opportunity. But it, like we said, it's the, it's, it is it, what it is. It, it's the world we live in, and the college football playoff looks as such. It is uh, your top team in Michigan. Wasn't pretty. Then you have Washington, who uh, on Friday night looked awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, when, when everybody counted them out on Friday. Yeah. They looked awesome. Everybody. Then you have Texas, who, um, you know, by no one's surprise. Quinn Ewers is just a dog. Beat, I, there's no other way to put beat it. Beat the stew out of Oklahoma State, and then Bama gets in as the four. Um, so, with the college football playoff, you know, we'll toss that yeah. out the window. Throw that. Feel throw it aside. Whatever the hell it is. I feel a little hot and sweaty. Maybe I just broke another fever. Yes. <laughs> Um, let's, let's tell you a little bit about who you'll hear on the show today. We got a, uh, a supernova guest coming yeah. at 745. We'll surprise you on who that is. So stick around for that, uh, that surprise mystery. We'll call her a mystery guest. I kind of gave half of her identity away because <laughs> I said her. Uh, we got Brian Christofferson at 8 o'clock. We'll talk a little... Um, Talk a little Husker football with him. Maybe dabble into uh, the, the Nebraska basketball points. Um, I want to bounce back to uh, a few takeaways that he potentially had from the weekend and then also get into. <laughs> no, it was what popped into my head. Also get into the Minnesota matchup a bit. Andy Kendi at 830. Maybe we'll interrupt the interview with a little bit of Jingle Bells. What do you think, Shane? No. I think I will. If he's listening, great. If not, well, <laughs> why not? We'll, inter- we'll, we'll, we'll interrupt him. And then Annabelle Inhausen for, for that last hour as well. You can get involved on the Warhorse uh, Sportsbook phone line or uh, on YouTube, uh, the Herd at Sports YouTube page. We'd love to see your comments on that. Uh, the phone line, 888-638-4876. There have been some, some quarterback droppings in the oh, portal. Yeah. And uh, some names connected to Nebraska as well. The big one coming out of yesterday, Kyle McCord at Ohio State. The connection there. At first it was Nebraska is talking to Will Howard. Will, well, it started with Will Howard. And then it went uh, most recently to, uh, to Blake Shapin. Sure. And now it's Kyle McCord. So Marcus Satterfield is doing his due diligence and, and working that quarterback carousel. But Kyle McCord's a big, like the biggest name of the bunch. Even though I, Will Howard is a big name, Kyle McCord's the bigger one. I would agree with that. Kyle McCord's got some experience in winning big games. Not that Will Howard doesn't. Um, I do think Will Howard is, you know, obviously has more experience than McCord. But I think McCord has some more potential and gives us a little bit more time to kind of figure out what that leads to. Kyle, thirty-one hundred yards. 24 touchdowns, six interceptions. Now, of course, everybody's going to pay attention to what that interception number is. Uh, it, it, the Husker fans, Everybody. <laughs> the, way, the way they think right now is don't bring somebody in that gives the football to the other team. Like, just, we can't have that. It's a good rule of thumb. It is uh, a good rule. But let me talk about, you mentioned rules. The number one rule that this team should be thinking about right now is who gets you excited to watch Nebraska football like that's it in the portal you can't be just going after 
the names that you think are just going to be good fits right away. Like, hear me out, though, okay. before you jump to conclusion. Matt Rule, yes, is a fit guy. But I don't think that's priority number one. Priority number one is who gets me excited to watch football here? Who gets you excited to watch football? Does DJU get you excited to watch football at Nebraska? Absolutely. Does Kyle McCord get you excited to watch football at Nebraska? Absolutely. Does a guy like, and I know he's already been connected elsewhere, but like Riley Leonard get you excited to watch? The top 10 guys in the portal get you excited. So pay somebody that gets you excited, right? Okay, now you have your top 10 guys that get you excited to play football. Now you find fit, right? You start with excitement and you go to fit. Because you can find somebody, whether you can mold them to be what you want them to be with, you know, whether they have eligibility left and, you know, you can, you can kind of work them through the system and boom, now they're a fit. Or they have so much uh, game experience, they have so much knowledge of, of what college football is that the transition is easy and the fit just kind of just, it's like a puzzle piece. It just it's marries right, right in, right? But it all starts with, get me excited. Do you think that instead of going for one really high-end quarterback, you potentially go for two in this portal? Get a, you I think mean, you should go for two regardless. Two regardless. But give me a high-end guy. Yeah, and then are you looking younger on your second guy? And uh, I want somebody with a like, lot of eligibility left to, to kind of be like, I think the Packers do it really well. And this shames me to say because I'm a Bears fan through and through. But the Packers develop so well in terms of how they get their next guy ready. Yeah. So you saw it from Favre to Rodgers. Now you're starting to see it a little bit with Rodgers to Love. Now it's a little early. It is early. Yeah, sure. But seeing Love's improvement throughout the season has me thinking like. Dramatically improved. Hey, guys, sometimes a system works. Mm-hmm. And that system is working. And, and you just need a, a, at least as a young guy, to sometimes sit behind a a veteran and just see how it's done a little bit to get yourself comfortable to take over someday for that job. Yeah, it's not the sexiest way to start your career, but it is a move that works time and time again. Now, if it's, you know, Dante Moore, I mean, he's a five-star prospect. You just got to give the man his bread. Yeah, absolutely, immediately. You got to put him in. You got to let him start. But there, there are guys in the portal like a Sam Levitt, okay? So out of Michigan State. He's somebody that you can sit behind a big name and say, boom, I'm ready. There's t- people out here saying that Sam Levitt is, is like a guy that, you know, I, I like his confidence. Um, I, I, I like uh, his running ability, like things like that. And I'm like, okay, but Sam Levitt doesn't get me excited to watch football. Agreed. And also, we haven't seen that much from Sam Levitt. I don't think it's fair to say, you know, we love this throwing ability. We love this running ability. We haven't seen enough. So, I, I'm, I'm questioning, like, what the right steps are in this moment. But I actually believe that Nebraska is doing the right thing by going after McCord. Because I really... I think McCord is a viable option at quarterback next year at Nebraska. I think he, he kind of got 
he was kind of the villain at Ohio State. Sure. It was a hard job to, to jump, uh, jump in and fill the shoes of C.J. Stroud. Um, C.J. Stroud, you see what he's doing in the NFL, but you also saw what he did last year at the program. I mean, this is somebody that competed for the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. Kyle McCord just wasn't able to do that. Now, he was injured a little bit, but it, I, don't, I don't think he, he adapted well to the situation, but I don't think the situation really wanted him there in the first place. Sure. Uh, and so Ohio State was a, was a hard place for him to kind of just, you know, sink his toes into the sand and say, here's where I'm going to stay. So he, it, it's smart for him to get out and go, but I don't think that necessarily means he's a bad quarterback. No, not at all. Not and, at all. And when you look at the numbers, yes, like they, they match up pretty well of what you kind of want. Now, does his skill set give you everything that you're looking for out of a quarterback? Maybe not. Like based, what we saw out of the offense this year is not what you can run with Kyle McCord. No. More of a pocket-style passer, but somebody that can really sling it and get those young receivers involved. How about seeing a little bit more of um, – you know, Malachi Coleman streaking down the sidelines. How about a little Jalen Lloyd? You know, instead of giving him one catch for 60 yards and a touchdown, how about we give him three catches for 180 yards and three touchdowns, I'm right? I'm 100% Like, honest. let's just start slinging the ball to these young guys that can beat defenders. Yeah. I, I think what Nebraska's done really well in this portal right now is there is not a big-name quarterback, I mean, aside from maybe Cam Ward, that Nebraska is not in conversation with leaving no stone unturned. If these guys are looking for a place to go, we have a place for them to come. We do have a great culture. And most importantly, for a lot of these guys in the portal, we do have money. Just pay them whatever it takes. What did you do when you went to go get Matt Rule? Paid the man. You, you got the top commodity. The hot commodity on the market that year was Matt Rule. You paid him big time money because you didn't want to wait. When I say you, I mean Nebraska, the program. Yeah. The program didn't want to wait to figure out who was going to be that next guy. So sometimes you have to buck up a little bit more. Sometimes you got to be like, psst, psst, booster, psst. Yeah. Uh, you know, help me, help me out, 1890 initiative, psst, psst. Like, help me, help me out a little bit. Like, that, sometimes you just got to, like, say, give me a little bit more so I can throw it at, say, a Cam Ward, which – you know, is unlikely at this point. Probably. But there, there, are, there are people in the portal that you can do that with. There, yeah. there, there are people on this top 10 list that if you look anywhere, right? Let me, I'll just go to, I'll go to a most recent top 10 list that I saw on Twitter. And I'll read you some of these names. Cam Ward is number one. I'm not shocked. Dylan Gabriel is number two. Will Howard is three. So one name already Nebraska has talked to. Dante Morris, four. Leonard is five, McCord is six. Another name Nebraska is talking to. DJU is seven, Van Dyke is eight, Will Rogers is nine, Grayson McCall is ten. That's just one top ten list. There's yeah. plenty of others out there. But how about we just start, you know, throwing some wet paper towels against some of these names and be yeah. like, hey, let's talk to this guy. Hey, let's talk to this guy. Let's talk to this guy. You know what? Talk to them all. Talk to every single one. You don't know what some of these guys are looking for unless you're talking to them. And if you're late to the party, you're not going to have a chance. Exactly. We'll now, give you a nice big Adidas duffel bag full of cash. Now, Dylan Gabriel, he'll probably end up at USC. You he'll, would think. He'll probably go back with uh, Lincoln Riley. Riley Leonard connected to Notre Dame. Uh, DJU, though, 
uncommitted. Kyle McCord, uncommitted. Will Howard, uncommitted. Uh, Cam Ward, uncommitted. Dante Moore, uncommitted. Like five of your top seven guys are right now uncommitted. So yes, as much as we're talking about do this, do this, do this, we're starting to see that out of Nebraska. Out of Nebraska. We're starting to see that from Marcus Satterfield. And I think they're doing a good job right now of matching pace. Yeah. But I'd like to see them get ahead of it. Like at some point when you're in a race, you can stay with the group for a long time. But if you want to win the race, you, you got to get your stride early. Absolutely. But you don't want to blow too much steam early. Because they could blow too fast. Like they, they, could lit, they could literally blow by the whole group and then die down. Yeah. And let the group pass them. You can't ever get past. We'll get into more topics like this on the show. Plenty of guests as well. He's Connor Kavalak. I'm Andrew Rogers. Stick around. More heard at Sports Radio. Coming up. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Hey, welcome back. Hurt at Sports Radio. Before we go any further, I'd like to take a moment and tell you a message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. We may be using our phones here at the table, but when you're in your car, Make sure the phone is down. Driving's a full-time job. Eyes got to be on the road. You know, if you have a burger in one hand and your left hand on the wheel, that's still not okay. Two hands on the wheel, 10 and 2. Um, always have your full attention on the road. Stop those distractions. Just drive. This message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Heard at Sports Radio on ESPN 590, ESPN Tri-Cities, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Heard at Sports Bar and Grill. He's Connor Cavillac. That's keep, it. I'm going to keep, like, hesitating before I say your last name, making sure I have it. I, I'm, I'm trying to match it to a, uh, uh, a nice car that is not a sponsor on the show. No free plugs. And no I'm free Andrew plugs. Rogers, Shane Schillerberg here as well. You said something funny before the show. That had me thinking because a lot of fans are thinking the same way in regards to how Nebraska is um, having their own in the portal or, or, or like finding their way into the portal or lack thereof. And I thought it was interesting because you were like, okay, we all knew that because Matt Rule was here and the culture that was built that there weren't going to be a lot of of Huskers into the portal. And I'm like, isn't it funny how you can just say like, yeah, we knew this would, like we, we knew it. We, 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 we knew that this is how it was gonna happen. And it's like, well, okay, this team went five and seven, right? Sometimes like people just aren't happy where they're at. Sure. Um, whether they're getting, you know, th- their chunk of NIL money or not, they feel taken care of. Uh, sometimes you just have to get out of a situation just to feel a little more comfortable somewhere else. But isn't it funny how like fans just instantly latched on to the idea of the culture that Coach Rule and this and this staff has has built in this program to be able to say 
Like, we knew. We, like, we, we knew that this is how the offseason would work. Well, there's two parts to it. One is the beauty of hindsight. I can never be wrong with hindsight. Or if I am, I've made a, an egregious mistake. The other is I think there was this real visibility of Matt Rule and his coaches' culture that they were developing inside that locker room where fans, uh, some people that were actively rooting against Nebraska, everybody got to see what they were doing and seeing how these kids were buying into the program. And you could really see that. You see him taking care of everybody. Almost, if not everyone on that team, has some sort of NIL getting compensated in some way. They're being treated well. They're getting everything they can. And there's only been, as of this moment, three players from Nebraska enter the portal and only one scholarship player in Applegate, the tight end. So... As of this moment, seeing, I think it was a, a record in the first 24 hours this year. 1,400? Was that what it was at? Something like that. Yeah, around 1,400 players entering the portal. And Nebraska being so, so low leads me to believe that what Matt Rule is doing is correct and building that culture is helping maintain some of those kids here. By, by no means am I saying it's incorrect. No, I yeah. just think it's funny that fans, after 20 years of feeling like they've been getting taken advantage of, right, like they, they're – you're feeling vulnerable. It's the honeymoon phase. You're, but you're feeling yeah. vulnerable. Yeah, right? absolutely. And so you're latching on so you can feel comfortable. But it's like, are, are, are you not like, it, it's such a weird thing. Like there, there's no room for error, right? Yeah. Like you're leaving no room for error. And I, I, not only do I think it's funny, but I think it's cool. I think it's cool because Coach Rule has, has won over the area so quick. And when you have such a long-term deal like this, it's important to win over the area this quick so people feel like you, the juice is worth the squeeze with you. Yeah. And you're right. The insight that we got into the program this season with the videos behind the scenes, with the GBR rewinds, with the, um, the look ends, which yeah. I believe started all of that um, started all of that behind-the-scene work uh, in the off-season, in, in spring football, and, and then in the summer, and then it was the fall camp when we, when we saw the players like dorm up with one another. Uh, all of these different looks inside the program gave you a little bit of transparency of what you were going to get out of this staff. And then it was something new, and then it was something newer, and then it was like the newest thing. So you feel like you're a part of, of something. You feel like you're a part of this team, and now you feel like you're in the know. And yeah. I, I also think that's why you said what you said this morning, because you feel like you're in the know. Yeah, and so, again, I talk about we get this transparency, and you're seeing these players buy in. As fans, when we see the players buying in like that, we're buying in too. You're, Matt Rule not only is here to recruit players, he's here to recruit fans. Like you said, you've got to win this area very quickly. And I think that's something that the previous head coach – didn't really do all that well. He didn't have that transparency. He didn't do it at all. No. Um, it, it was very tough after, you know, the initial honeymoon phase. Like I said, you get that first year, and it, it, the first year is always, you know, classified as the rebuilding year. So no one's, you know, grabbing their pitchforks and torches after year one. But with Matt Rule, we get those five wins. I think a lot of people would tell you that we did see progress, even though it was only one extra win year over year. I, I just think what we have seen, again, with his communication, not only with players, but with fans, it's really hard not to like the guy. Well, he's someone you want to you, you work for, you want to root for. He said something last week that I wrote down here. Value your own roster as much as other people 
uh, or as much as other people would if those guys went into the portal. Absolutely. And, and you know, that right there, it tells me everything I need to know into why there's only three Nebraska football players in the portal right now. Yeah. Is the fact that Coach Rule values his team. Not that he doesn't value those in the portal, too, because he does, but he's equally valuing what he's got and what he's looking for. In the modern era, you are not only recruiting guys that aren't on your roster. You're recruiting your own roster every single day. But the big, the big key to take away here, too, is the message to the player. And that's, yes, I'm for you, and I stand with you, and you're going to play for my team as long as you want to be here playing for this team. But that shows everybody else out there, too, what they're going to get in the Nebraska football program. And what a sales as, pitch to that portal. As, as far as transfer portal, as far as recruiting, but right now in specifics, uh, or specifically the transfer portal, that's the message that is easy to gravitate to of, hey, if I go to play here, they're going to make me a priority. It's, it's the player as the priority. It's not the wins and losses. It's not the success of the program. It's the... Hey, the player. And, you know, ultimately, what does every coach want to do? The coach, yes, wants to get wins for the university because that's how a coach keeps his job. Sure. But the main goal of a coach is to turn a boy into a man. Development. It, it, not only is it to develop uh, on the football field, but, but it's, it's to develop you and get you ready for life. And, and that's what Coach Rule is doing, and that's another reason why I think a lot of football players are sticking around, even if they aren't seeing the field right now, not only for those development reasons, because you, you will see a lot of it this offseason. You'll see a lot of guys take that next step, that next leap forward. I would venture to say you're going to see a lot, even at that linebacker group where you lost some key production. Sure. You're going to see some big, uh, some, some big young names stepping up this offseason where I don't think you necessarily need to go to the portal in order to fill those shoes right now. Like the, with the glowing reviews that we heard from the staff off the, the last offseason, I think they're good right now. Yeah. Uh, and and there's, there's some names that we can get into uh, later on uh, throughout the show. But it's... It's the sense of, of being a part of this family and knowing that y your so-called father figure is, is literally not only putting your best interests before his, but also turning you into a man. Yeah. Like he, he's developing you as a star football player and developing you into manhood. Yeah. Like that, that's just what it is. And you mentioned earlier how Kyle McCord this last season was kind of treated like a villain at Ohio State because he wasn't matching C.J. Stroud production numbers. Leads him to leave. Where is he going to be looking for a fan base, for a coaching staff that is there to support him like that? And Nebraska's got it. And they're showing that they've got it. A little bit of the same with, with Chubba Purdy, right? Yeah. Chubba Purdy comes over from Florida State. Still, He was, he was trying to find a home. And I, I told the story once on the air, and I'll tell it like in, in short form here. Coach Rule basically had said, like, hey, I, I spoke with Purdy's father, and Purdy had said, I finally feel at home at Nebraska. Isn't that something? Doesn't it's that beautiful. say something? It's beautiful. It's not, he's not just a one-off. That's not just a, oh, he, he should, he's just one case in, in a huge file cabinet. I bet there's a ton of people that if you ask them, they're like, I feel at home.
I feel at home. Absolutely. All right, when we come back, we'll talk uh, with an Omaha supernova mystery guest. That's next. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Welcome back, Hurt at Sports Radio. I'm Andrew Rogers alongside Connor Cavillac. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hurt at Sports Bar and Grill. Excited to bring forward our next guest before we uh, bring her on. I'll tell you first about the Omaha Supernovas and what is happening today. It's single game ticket release day for the Omaha Supernovas. Uh, and, um, you know, not only is it second day of minicamp, for the team as well but this is a great opportunity if you weren't um, wanting to secure season tickets but wanted to check out the team this season today is the day to hop on and uh, get those single game tickets and to talk more about that is Gina Mancuso Prasoski she joins the show now Gina good morning Hey, guys. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Hey, well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate, uh, we appreciate having you on. Um, how are things going right now? You know, we, we see a little bit. Of, I, I saw the season ticket holders kind of come through, get their swag, get, get everything situated just the other day. Uh, but as the team specifically, how is minicamp going? Yeah, so yesterday was officially day one. We had two training sessions, and impressive is the first word that comes to my mind. I am very, very excited with just the high level of talent that we have in that gym. It's very competitive, and it's um, really encouraging, and I think it's given us a lot of confidence that, you know, we really are going for that championship in year one, and just after yesterday... (laughs) Um, I definitely think it's achievable. We have a great, great group of girls. So what's it like seeing the support that you guys are already seeing from that local community uh, with the first year, you guys' first match at home, first match of the league, January 24th, and people are already showing out to come see you guys. How is that encouraging you to keep going? Yeah, um, I think you just kind of mentioned it briefly, but on a Monday night, and, you know, it's winter now in Omaha, so it's not <laughs> fun to always get out. We had 300 people show up to our first ever showcase. Wow. And that was amazing. Just to already feel that support from, you know, fans in this state or maybe they're from Iowa. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> but um, it was truly incredible just to see that many people that excited. And to come out on a cold winter Monday night was just uh, it was so supportive, and we were so grateful for everyone there. Now, Gina, so, yeah, to have the no, go sorry, ahead. I was going to say to have that first ever um, historic match on January 24th. I I keep saying this, but I think Nebraskans really earned that. The way that they have supported this sport throughout the years, I think the Pro Volleyball Federation recognized that, and I think they kind of honored them with this historic match, and so. I always want to give a shout out to the fans because I truly believe that not only did they deserve this, but they earned it. Uh, Gina, I was going to say, um, you grew up in Nebraska, you played at Nebraska, so you obviously recognized the support and uh, got to feel it throughout you know, your, your entire life. But for those women on the team that came from a different state, that, that came fr- from, from, a, from a different area, uh, 
they come to Nebraska, and what is their reaction to the to the to this support? Because not that you not that you take advantage of it, but you're just kind of like used to it. Like you kind of expect Nebraska to show out the way that they are. But what is their reaction to it? Yeah, you know, I've had we have a, a quite a bit of uh, teammates who played in the Big Ten, and so they have a little bit of it, a taste from when they had to come play Nebraska. And that is truly part of the reason why they chose the Omaha Supernovas because they, they've experienced the energy and the excitement that fans bring to the game. And so, yeah, like they, some of them are aware already of how incredible the support is here. Um, for those who haven't, I can tell you that they've already noticed just how kind, they've mentioned how kind people are here, um, whether it's in the grocery store or at a gas station. <laughs> Um, so everyone is very excited and happy that they chose Omaha, for sure. So, Gina, I see you have a ton of international experience. Are there any players that have that kind of international experience that are – is it kind of akin to what you saw over there from what you're seeing right now? Um, can you explain that a little bit more? I mean, yeah. I think international volleyball is – you know, it has years of history and just experience. And so with the first inaugural year of the Pro Volleyball Federation, we're working towards that. Um, But I can tell you that the Pro Volleyball Federation is working hard to make it, you know, that level and that standard, that expectation of international volleyball all around. Um, Yeah, no. I would say that it's pretty. Sorry, go on. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that was a great answer to a not-so-great question. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. No worries. Now, Gina, uh, this is, this is kind of cool because as I learn more about you, as, as, as I was reading your story, um, your, your, your father played um, in the NFL, um, so, so he has some pro experience. Um, your older sister uh, became a professional volleyball player, um, and, and now you have the opportunity to be a, a pro volleyball player here in your home state. Just uh, t- talk to us about uh, being a part of now the, the so-called rich history of your family and, and joining um, y- your sister and your dad and being known as somebody that played a professional sport. Um, it's truly an honor. We are a really big family. There's a lot of us and, you know, there's a lot of athletic, uh, relatives. And so just to be among them is wonderful. You know, I feel like I actually made it in my family when (laughs) we, we, we made a little family feud game one time. And, uh, the question was, who is the most athletic make you so? And I was number two. Wow. Oh, no. That was, yeah, that's when I was like, I officially made it in this family. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Who was number one? Uh, my father. Oh, okay. okay. I was hoping he number dropped one. a three. Yeah. That would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, no. And then there were some uncles and cousins and my sister. So, yeah, it was, it was really fun. But um, just a huge shout-out to all my family members. Like I said, we're really family-oriented, so – each of them had an impact on me in some way, shape, or form. And so I really credit that whole group, my whole family, just to a lot of the success and just the encouragement that I got throughout the years. 
Well, Gina, you didn't get here without uh, stopping by Nebraska first. Um, an absolute legend in wearing the Husker uniform. Uh, what's it like seeing the Huskers do what they're doing um, right now, this year, as the overall one seed in the NCAA tournament? How much does that mean to you seeing um, this team just kind of do it over and over and over again? Yeah, I think that they make so many of us proud. I just, like, just the, they're college girls and they're, like, playing at a professional level and just how young they are and they still maintain, like, a a very strong mentality and they demonstrate a huge amount of leadership. And so they are so impressive. I love watching them. They are so fun to watch and um obviously there's no seniors on the team so it's going to be just as fun next year um but we we i think the whole state in general is just so proud of them for all that they've accomplished i know obviously as the number one seed we're rooting for them to go all the way we fully believe they can do it um so yeah they've just been really such a fun group and so special and you know, part of me wishes that they were seniors so that they could participate in the first ever college draft to play on the pro teams next year. But I guess we can wait one more year. <laughs> <laughs> so with your schedule, getting ready for the Supernova season and obviously the Nebraska season still going on in that NCAA tournament, have you gotten to talk to this team and give them a message at all? Or if you haven't, what message would you give to them as they fight their way through these last couple of rounds? You know, every I would just take one game at a time. I think that's really important in the postseason when you're playing in the NCAA tournament is you can't look ahead. Um, you have to respect every opponent, and you just have to take one game at a time. Of course, I would also tell them to have fun. Um, it's not enjoyable when you add a bunch of pressure to yourself for no reason. Um, so I always like to remind people just to go out there and have joy and have gratitude and just enjoy, just enjoy what you're doing, truly. Um, enjoy the competitiveness. and um, So that's what I would tell them is just compete, um, take one game at a time, and respect every opponent. We're speaking with Gina Mancuso Prasoski, an outside hitter for the Omaha Supernovas. Gina, quickly, we got about a minute. Um, I want to get you out of here on this. As uh, minicamp continues, um, you, you were talking about, at least with Nebraska, about how, how they've been improving. How would you like to see the Supernovas improve during this time leading up to your first match? Um, you know, just familiar familiar oh my goodness getting familiar with everybody I think that is just going to be the easiest and quickest way that we can improve as a team is just to automatically start that team chemistry and get to know one another and you know get to know tendencies and strengths and weaknesses and and everything like that so um, just us spending time together in the gym outside the gym I think that's going to be our quickest way to just improving and um being the best that we can and I I promise you this is going to sound so cheesy but already on day one we've already done that we talked about how the the second practice was been more of an improvement from the first practice Gina we appreciate your time this morning thanks so much and we look forward to seeing you play here in Omaha I thank you too guys have a good day you too
That is uh, Gina Mancuso-Persoski, uh, outside hitter for the Omaha Supernovas. Also, quick note, uh, December 7th is the actual date where season or where single game tickets go on sale. So it's actually tomorrow, not today. I misspoke. You can get your tickets at uh, supernovas.com. Okay, when we come back, we'll talk to Brian Christofferson here on Herd at Sports Radio. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here is Husker 24-7 senior writer, Brian Christofferson. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a circus act. Brian Christofferson. Well, I mean, that's, that's pretty interesting. Brian Christofferson. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy that. Here is Brian Christofferson. Welcome back to Herd at Sports Radio on ESPN 590, ESPN Tri-Cities. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Herd at Sports Bar and Grill. Andrew Rogers, Connor Cavalak. Before we get to Brian Christofferson, I'd like to take a moment and talk to you about the War Horse Casino Sportsbook new location, which is at Horseman's Park. It's at a little trailer right in the middle of the field, and uh, it's a nice, easy uh, path to get to. They have some great signage up that directs you to the parking lot, and then you can go in and place your uh, you can place uh, your bet at uh, one of the kiosks inside, which they make it very simple and easy to use. You can also use the Bet Builder, uh, which is on the War Horse Sportsbook app. And it's just it's it's just really simple to have your bet preloaded so that when you get to the machine, you just, you know, can kind of just go from one the little tablet on your phone right to the big tablet on the machine. And boom, your bet's built. Place the bet and you're in and out just like that. Warhorse makes it simple. So the next time that you want to place a bet and you're in the state of Nebraska, you got to go to Warhorse Casino and uh, and use the sports book. Let's go to the Warhorse sports book hotline now and uh, talk to Brian Christ Brian Christofferson. BC, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good man. Good. I stuttered on your last name. Christofferson's not uh, very tough to say either. Uh, I mean, it, it's not Smith or Jones, so I, I, I'll give you a break. You, gotta, <laughs> you, you, pronou- you ultimately pronounced it right. Usually I'm Christopherson when I'm called uh, in a line uh, at a food place, and that's fine. Hey, when you were filling out the bubbles on a standardized test, like, did yeah. you always, like, like, punch or, like, like, you know, punch yourself in the side of the head and be like, Mom and Dad, like, why was my last name Christopherson? I mean, that's a lot of bubbles to fill out. Yeah, it is. Um, actually, I think on some of them it would run out, and I was just Brian Christopher's. And so <laughs> they wouldn't let you just be Brian C. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. So that that probably explains why they mailed me some lower test scores. I probably actually scored higher. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm. That's yeah, what that, that that's where you're laying your head. Yeah, I think so. Now, somebody that doesn't have an issue with uh, standardized tests, uh, well, bubbling, I guess filling out his last name, is Kyle McCord. And uh, that name has recently emerged as possibly the new Husker favorite in the portal. BC, would you agree with that? Um, I don't know yet. Um, Maybe. I think there's interest from both sides at this point, but Kyle McCord is – someone who uh probably has a few parties after him uh so you got to keep that in mind um but definitely why would you not kick the tires on that one um you know he played it in one of the most high profile positions in college sports this last year let's be honest um as ohio state's quarterback 
a lot of pressure. Um, he didn't have a great offensive line for Ohio State standards, make that clear. Um, that's what their writers will tell you. Um, not their best O-line that they've had, and he worked behind that and had pretty good numbers, as you would expect, with the weapons around him and the, the, the team as they are. Um, and he's kind of, as one of the writers said up there to us, sort of the scapegoat for the uh, for the Michigan game because somebody's got to be to blame. So it's Ryan Day <laughs> and him, I guess. Um, I, I wouldn't. It's always the quarterback. Watched, yeah, I, well, having watched that one from start to finish, as you guys probably did, I wouldn't say that. I, I just think he's a guy who you you know has been through the battles and could who could stand up tall and uh, answer the questions around here and deal with being in this bubble because he's already done it. Um, times times five probably at Ohio State so um, I like that one but I like some of the other guys they visited too I mean I, I think Levitt's an interesting young player uh, who can re- move around really well uh, kept his red shirt on last year um, anybody who interviewed him this week in our um, little neck of the woods can tell you he's a supremely confident kid um, in what he can get done um, and, you know, obviously, uh, Shapin and Will Howard's got a lot of experience. So there's I think they're going after the right guys and you just don't know exactly um, how they rank them. BC, I'm going to hit you with something here and I want you to wait before you jump uh, to the answer, because I, I said this to Connor earlier in the show and I want to ask you ask you this, too, because I think the number one the number one um, like question that this team should be asking first is who gets you excited to watch Nebraska football next year? Like that is has to be number one, at least when you're in terms of talking about quarterbacks, that is the question you have to first answer. Who gets you excited? And then you have to fall into, okay, these are my guys that get me excited. Now who's a fit? Because you, you brought up Sam Levitt's name. And yes, Sam Levitt's a good player. Um, he, he's got good mobility. Um, he's got good toughness but he's not a name that just gets me excited to watch football next year like Kyle McCord is a name Uh, DJU is a name Will Howard is a name how important do you think it is to first get somebody that gets you excited to watch football next year I I get your point Andrew because right now I do think there's sort of this like oh we've been through the same old thing seven years in a row I know it was just your first year but man we've been doing this dance a long time and we need some jolt into our veins and um a quarterback who's been through it at, in in more of a high profile role uh probably helps in these next three to four months right like in how we're talking about the team and all that stuff i do think even if it's a younger guy like a levitt i think over the course of time by the when we get to spring if you have like levitt and uh and i'm just throwing hypotheticals out here right now but if you have like levitt and purdy for instance like battling it out I think people will look up an intrigue and be like okay how far has Purdy come along I want to learn more about this Levitt guy so I think as interest will grow as we get to this season and ultimately it's just going to come down to those first games in you know September uh, when you open up and then you play Colorado the second week do you have somebody out there who who doesn't turn it over four times you know and if, if that person whatever his name is if he goes out there and looks solid and has good vision uh in the passing game uh, exhibits a little bit more clutch gene than we've seen. Um, that that'll immediately have people watching with with intrigue uh, all season. So, I, I think your point um, is one to consider, though. They, uh, but I, I still think at the end of the day, it's got to be best fit that you think can win 
and that's that's the end of the story. So we looked at earlier, five of the top seven QBs in the portal as of this moment remain uncommitted. Uh, looking at names like Cam Ward, uh, DJU, yeah. Dylan Gabriel, are, are there any big names that you've seen in this portal right now that Nebraska has not reached out to that you feel like we should be, you know, trying to get in contact with? You know, I, I think if with a, like Cam Ward, for instance, I'd knock on his door and see what the, what the situation's like and, um, <laughs> you know, make, make your case. Um, why not? Um, you know, the, I think all those guys you mentioned are, you would be possibilities that you would want to look at. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. We've sort of been keeping it to the guys we think they've talked to or are talk or going to. Um, but yeah, I, I think every, all, it should be like, uh, you, you're looking at every, every angle down every, uh, alleyway for quarterbacks. And that's not just those high profile guys you're talking about. I'm talking about like, is there somebody in FCS that you think has the special stuff, you know, that, that could be considered here. Um, so, so all, all that should be on the table to me. Um, I do think the four names that have been mentioned the most are legitimate candidates right now. And so I probably operate, that's a, it's a great question you ask, but I sometimes I think operate more just from the reporter angle of like, who's like, who do I think is in the running right now? Like who, like what's the information we have that makes this person valid for the conversation. But um, certainly if you, if any of those guys popped in the radar in the next day or so, and you start to hear their name, people are going to lose their minds around here. And that would answer <laughs> That would answer Andrew's question previously if you had Cam mm-hmm. Ward walking up. Yeah, gets the people I'd going. I'd be cool with it, man. <laughs> I'd be cool. To do a spring press conference, I think people will be kind of fired up. Now, BC, uh, I was talking with one of our listeners yesterday, and it had me thinking about this question because I have seen uh, people on both sides of the fence here. You look at what the Huskers have on their roster, and then you peek inside the portal outside of the quarterback position, specifically at the linebacker spot because you lose Reimer and you lose Henrich. Uh, do you think it's necessary for the Huskers to make moves away from that quarterback spot with the young talent that's emerging in position groups that saw some turnover, like the linebacker spot? Because you see Kane Williams uh, a little bit this season. Dylan Rogers was a 2023 commit. Eric Fields is that unknown that it was. he's kind of the guy that everybody can't wait to see. Uh, all got crazy good reviews from the staff this offseason and they couldn't stop talking about the depth that they had Um, so back to the question do you think it's necessary to make a move to fill that spot now or do you just trust what the young guys have Um, I think it's possible to make a move there Um, the the positions I've always named off are quarterback a wide receiver um, if you could add a a veteran wide receiver to the crew Um, running back although uh, I think, you know, Rule said they want to get a running back, but that could be a recruit still. Maybe they got someone, um, you know, kind of hidden now that they're thinking about in, uh, in that end. Running back is a spot, I do believe, real quick, where you can go into the high school ranks. And while it didn't happen last year with Quentin Ives, you can sometimes find somebody who their first year can help you out, you know, at that position, it seems like. Um, I don't know why, although – some people would push back on that say there's so much to process with the pass blocking now and all that but i do think running back could come from either spot um but linebacker i would agree with you it wouldn't be horrible uh by any means to have 
um, a veteran guy who has a proven resume, if you feel like he really fits and would, uh, you know, gels with your your staff and would would fit into what Tony White wants to do that you could put out there because there that is going to be a question to answer for them in the off season. I think Mackay Bayer is a guy who's gonna you're gonna see his role just increase as he goes through this program and he'll probably have even more snaps next year. Um, but yeah, th- that's the one defensive position I really look at um, as a spot that could be a portal um, possibility. So when you mention uh, looking for a nice transfer running back. Do you think getting a Will Howard, do you think Treshawn Ward would be interested in joining him at Nebraska as well? Do you think that could be used as kind of a recruiting pitch? But you never know. Um, you know, sometimes that, that does have – we saw last year, right? I mean, with uh, certain schools where there's like two or three guys come from one program, and I don't know those all because this guy when I'm going to, it might have just worked out that that's where the connections were, especially with George last year. Um, and they had one with Florida. But I think that always helps um, – we see it in recruiting sometimes where a teammate will follow. And so um, could be a possibility there. Um, you know, running back, they need one more guy, though. I don't like whoever that is, whether it's portal guy or recruit guy. Mm-hmm. I really feel like you, you, you need to bolster what you have, because I really hope Ramir and Gabe um, track all the way back. You know, they, those guys have been through it um, in their careers and. We never have really gotten the chance to see what Gabe Irvin can fully do, which is unfortunate. So I hope we get that opportunity. But am I nervous about it a little bit um, just because of the severity of both injuries and you're both, you know, there's a lot riding on them being healthy. Yeah. And that's why, you know, with I liked what Emmett did, but <clears throat> they got to find someone really special at that running back. You guys can remember back when Amir was here and you had that back who, there were certain games where we'd, I would write stories where, oh, the O-line played really well, like against Miami in 2014. Go watch that game back and see, like, 130 yards or Amir Abdullah just being special. And I, I think we can't lose sight of what that can mean to have a running back like that if you can find him, which everybody's trying to find because um, it's not easy to find that separator at that position. But, man, it would make a big difference. BC, uh, going back to, to my previous point, uh, because I'm actually on the, the side of the fence that I don't think it's necessary, defensively especially, to get uh, somebody out of the portal to maybe uh, have a young guy in instead who has been getting um, some good reviews from the staff in, in the offseason. My question to you is this, and I know it's way too early to really be asking this question, but I think it's fun to at least think about right now. Who's your pick? from the 2023 class to have a breakout 2025 campaign? 25? Uh, or, or, um, just next 20, season. Yeah. 24, 24 to 25. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, let's, let's, right. let's save a year. <laughs> you know, okay, I'll say uh, I think Dwight Boodle, if he, when he gets healthy, he's going to have a say All in the right. back end. Um, I think they really like him. Dylan Rogers comes up every flipping time. I'm telling you. About, Great last name. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Dylan Rogers is definitely going to be a guy to watch. Um, I think I, I still kind of gravitate toward that defensive line. They got so many young, good guys that I really like. We saw Van Poppel, so I don't know if that counts. Maybe that's cheating. Um, I think Van Poppel is going to be a dude next year. Like, I'm not 
not like all conference dude, but I just think he's going to be really good. He's going to take snaps away from people and he's going to elevate and be that kind of player. Um, so those are the guys that pop up to me. Um, and then the ones we've already seen, like protect what's yours. That's why it's, you know, you rule said you got to value your own roster. You especially got to do that with a guy like Prince will, you know, you got like, I'm not saying anything's happening there, but you've heard rule talk about in this day and age, there's people trying to get into what's yours and all that stuff. You better, you better make sure those guys, um, you know how much they're appreciated and how much they matter around here too. And I think that's going to be easy in this December because this is not going to be a crazy portal off season. The numbers are such that they can only take like honestly three to four guys probably. And so most of the guys on the roster understand like it is on me to develop and they're, they're trusting me to do that. And so I think that's going to help keep, uh, keep some of the uh, um, vultures away, I guess. So how does the return of Nash Hutmacher and Ty Robinson, how does that bolster that development for some of these young guys that you've just mentioned? How, how, oh, how important yeah. is that veteran leadership? Oh, I mean, it's, it's so large. Like to, in football, to, to have those two big dudes on the D-line, it just changes everything for your defensive scheme and They're how you can so operate. Good. I mean, Ty, I feel – I really do understand what they're saying where – when it was explained why he was coming back, it was said, you know, he didn't get the full off season last year. And if you watched him play, he did gain speed, right? I mean, like you saw, like in the last uh, half of the season, he was a different guy, even in the first half, he was starting to pop up and just make more of those just game changing plays. We've always wanted from him. And so I think there's a belief that's just the start of that. And let's just feed that for one more year and see where you get picked. But yeah, those guys are going to set the tone for this is how we do things around here. And it's going to be a high bar that other guys are going to want to reach. And um, the good thing is they've got really mature freshmen or war freshmen in that room that I think want to learn. You know, like I feel like Cam Lenhart's a guy who he's smart. He immediately buddied up to the old guys and and he he's thought of as an old guy already. So I think uh, I think that's going to work out very well for them. And then, you know, there's Jamari Butler, like basically in that same room now. He plays D-line more than anything. And um, guys who have paid their dues, and they can also probably preach a little bit of patience to some of these guys, which is good, too. Because Jamari Butler, who was actually in the portal for 24 hours last year, if people remember, um, is like the perfect guy to ha- for anybody that's considering anything to have a conversation with. BC, can I ask you something about the the Creighton Nebraska basketball game this past weekend? If we, if we must, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I kept hearing this may be one of those games you don't look at to revisit mistakes, just toss it out that it's not worth the time. Now, to some degree, I agree with that logic. Um, you just have to admit things could have just not gone your way that night, uh, but the game plan was good. So yeah, I toss it out the window. But did you see? Did you see it that way, or did the game have you walking away saying, "Yeah, that was a tough loss, but here's what we learned." Um, I I still I walked away feeling like the last games, the two or three games before it, where I thought the defensive edge that they were looking to establish was still floating in the air and not grabbed yet um and i understand creighton can make a lot of teams look like they're playing bad defensively because they hit shots and they did hit some tough shots i thought at times nebraska gave shireman 
uh, made it way too easy for him, um, you know, when he got in a rhythm, especially in the first half. And so I think there's some things you would want to revisit there. Um, it wasn't a game that set off alarm bells to me like, oh, these guys stink or whatever, you know, <laughs> like let's, 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 let's just move on. And I, there is some of that that unfortunately goes – I said it that way because you guys know that there's the casual fan – they're like, oh, I hear Nebraska's seven and zero. I'll check it out, you know. And they so it's Nebraska Creighton, and this is the game where, and it's kind of viewed in that same prism as football, right? Where it's like, there's so much on this one game, and then it doesn't go well, and there's an overreaction to it. And I think that's really when you hear the stuff you're hearing this week as they get ready for Minnesota tonight, which I'm about to get in the car and go to. Um, I I feel like that's the point. Is like, guys, it was a bad day. They're a great team. We know it. They could be an Elite Eight team again or something like that. We got to go handle our business Wednesday. Let's put our attention right there. And uh, if Nebraska wins tonight, and they, it's a big one, um, there'll be a jolt back in the step. There will mm-hmm. because they'll be 1-0 in the league, and people will be like, okay, Creation's really good. We got it. They, they, they smoked them this year. But um, they'll be 1-0, and then Michigan State's coming Sunday. That's going to be a tough one, man. Michigan State just lost to Wisconsin, and they're 4-4, four and four, and I know how Izzo's teams are like after that. So right. That, that's not a great setup for Nebraska. They need, they need this one big time tonight. And one more thing here. As you mentioned, uh, you're going up to Minnesota. Um, what do you think is like a – if you could give your keys to the game – what would be your three keys for Nebraska to get that win? They got to get back first off on the glass again, um, where they early on they were just you know they're playing lesser teams, but it's like not even a contest. And the last few games it's been tough um, rebounding. They lost by eleven to Creighton in that statistic too. Um, so they got this is going to be a, maybe of a fair fight tonight, and they got to win. They got to win the boards fight, the fifty-fifty balls. Um, they're going to have to have somebody besides Casey um, hit from the outside. Uh, you know, like C.J. Wiltshire, when he pops in, um, I don't think he's their best defensive guy. He's got to he's got to bring it on the offensive end. He's got to he's got to hit three shots. You know, the, those big shots that when you need them. Um, Rink Mass is going to have to have a better game shooting it. Um, after the game, McDermott said an interesting thing. He said they shot. Um, you know, they got a lot of threes up. He's speaking of Nebraska, but they were the guys we wanted taking them, shooting them. And if you look at the stat sheet, you know, Alex shoots like four or five. Right. Matt Mass mm-hmm. shoots five. I think Hoiberg believes Mass can hit those shots, but Rink's got Rink's to be a pretty good three-point shooter, and it's got to come out in games like this where he, he hits at least one or two that keeps him honest. So that's going to be a big deal too. Well, also you have to think, how many games is Nebraska going to play this year against a team that shoots – as much as Creighton does, maybe never until the end of the year. Creighton is really good. I mean, they are. <laughs> yeah. I, they well, are. they're good when they, they make their shots. When they miss, yeah, they, <laughs> they're yeah, really well, they bad. Had, they, they had a game like Nebraska, you know, against Colorado State. They had that game. That that was the the game they had against Colorado State where they lost by twenty one. Was just like Nebraska last year. As you know, McDermott said they shot forty threes last year. They only hit ten, and they, they couldn't. You know, throwing the ocean from the beach in that game. So once in a while, they'll have a bad day at the office. But they're they're, they're better defensively this year. That's what makes them tough. Yeah, they're I strong. So. BC, yeah. really appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Um, safe trip. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. 
Brian Christofferson, uh, senior writer at Husker 24-7. Always appreciate his time on a Wednesday. Okay, when we come back, we will talk to a local guy here in town. Uh, here in Omaha, I should say, because BC's up in Lincoln. Uh, talk to Andy Kendi over at KETV. He is the sports director. Uh, we do it every other Wednesday. We flip-flop him and the sports director up in Lincoln. Andy Kendi, AK, coming your way next on Herd at Sports Radio. You're listening to Herd at Sports Radio. Welcome back to Herd at Sports Radio as we fight to get Andy Kendi onto the show with us. I'll take a moment and tell you about Dingman's Collision Center. Dingman's is your one-stop shop for all your car needs. They work on all makes and models from Fords to Teslas, four great locations. Uh, I'm currently set up at the... Dingman's location in Papillion uh, to get my back end repaired. No, I mean my car, Connor. Uh, I didn't say anything. Yeah, you smiled. I saw I you. smiled. I'm just I a happy you. person. I, I'm talking about the, the bumper on my car. Uh, get your head out of the gutter over there. Um, but Digman's Collision Center is uh, taking care of me. Uh, a lot of damage, but they set me up quick. I mean, I was in their system in less than 20 minutes. They did their estimate, which is free. Um, I scheduled my estimate, estimate over in 20 minutes time. Um, I was in and out, lickety split. They got me on the road and uh, because my car is still drivable, but they were even willing to work with me to get a rental car in that moment if I had to leave my car. I mean, that's just the type of people that you work with over at Digman's Collision Center. They also have a pretty sweet give back program, which I can't wait to be a part of, like selfishly, uh, because Digman's um, has uh, groups that they support and after each business uh, transaction, the person, the consumer, the customer, is the one that gets to choose what like, uh, what different uh, nonprofit that you want to support to. Very cool. So they have different ones out there. And I think the give back program is kind of like the coolest feature any business can do. But that just goes to show how community-oriented Dingman's Collision Center is. Give uh, Dingman's Collision Center a call if you have trouble with your car or or just go visit one of their uh, four great locations. They'll get you hooked up. That's dingmans.com. Do we have AK, Shane? Andy is here. All right, let's bring him on. Andy Kendi, sports director over at KETV. AK, good morning. Morning, boys. I have turned off my ringer. No Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer this morning. We're good. Shane, did you fill him in, or were you listening earlier? I did not fill him in. Uh, do you just have to say this now on every uh, media request? Like, you're just <laughs> like, hey, guys, don't worry. My phone is off. Well, I just I, I was telling uh, my daughter the other day, I've been in this biz for about 30 years, and I've gotten more response from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I've been known. You know, I've covered some good stuff, you know covered Super Bowls, playoff games, what have you, you know, college bowl games, Rose Bowls, what have you. And uh, I'm now known as the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer guy, so that's good. <laughs> there well, are worse things to be known for. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and quite frankly, man, you have Someone to go viral player. in some way, shape, or form. This is the best way to do it, right? Oh, no question. No question. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's just one of those moments that um, 
you wish you had, you know, like you, you wish you had back. You wish you, uh, you wish you wouldn't have checked your text uh, in, during <laughs> during the news conference, which activated your phone, which activated the last thing you were playing on your um, XM Sirius satellite radio when you're driving into Lincoln, and that happened to be uh, Burl Lives. I mean, who doesn't listen to Burl Lives on the way to a season-ending Matt Rule news conference? Man, I got to tell you, like just like it made Matt Rule's day, that made my day knowing that it was you. <laughs> Like, out of all people, it was you. And you know what's what's even funnier Um, about it is I joked earlier on in the show and said I was going to pull up Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and just play it during one of your responses. And that's why I thought Shane told you because you led with that. I'm like, no, he ruined it. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, fellas. I mean – it's just it's a rookie mistake, right? I mean, this is week one material to have your phone turned off. Don't don't mess with your phone during a news conference. Just just suck it up. And and, and I am front and center, one because I, I, I you know I've got a sometimes Matt Rule talks really fast and sometimes really soft, and I got to listen to his responses. So I'm front and center. I'm the closest guy to him. And of course, so the the, the phone even picked up on the microphone even more. So that yeah, I mean, one of those days. It was, it, it's a shake your head moment. My kids loved it. I, you know, obviously it's not on purpose, but uh, you live and learn, right? You learn something new every day in this business, boys. <laughs> uh, well, AK, uh, let's get into uh, sports now and talk about uh, the, the previous weekend. It was um, the opening weekend of high school basketball, some jamborees around the area. Uh, what were your first impressions uh, of everything happening? Well, for uh, high school hoops, um, you know, Amari Bynum, the kid from really Ryan, good, pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. And they're gonna be, they're gonna be really, they're gonna be tough. That's that's one of the uh, the teams that kind of stood out for me. I was at the LPS Danbury final. You know, but Westview, it's good on Westview to have two teams in the final. You know, the boys and the girls have both made the final. So you know, that's a that's a uh, interesting program. And um, and people have to remember that they're still playing with no seniors. So you know, that's the tip of the hat to to the folks over at. Uh, Omaha Westview, but you know, Britt Prince is going to be a, a point in the viewing. If you haven't seen her in person, go see her. She's uh, fantastic. She's going for a fourth straight state title. She was the focus point. For is that good on the opening week? Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> you can't do any. As Florida State says, you can't do any better than win them all. And, uh, <laughs> and every year of their every year of their school's existence, uh, Elkhorn North has won a state championship, and they're going for four in a row. So, but you know, for us now, you know, we. We've uh, we've really pivoted hard for the volleyball tournament. You know, watching that opening weekend was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Seeing Creighton get through was really cool, and seeing Nebraska, um, I wouldn't say struggle, but just not playing up to their normal dominant standard on opening night, and then bouncing back and really playing well on day two. It's going to be a fascinating second weekend starting tomorrow uh, in both Lincoln and Pittsburgh. So that, that's going to be something that we're going to really keep an eye on. Well, stay right there for me because, um, as, as we know, Nebraska is a volleyball state and through and through this year uh, that was proven true with Omaha being in the tournament as well. You have Wayne State and, um, it, well, Wayne State in particular doing some work in D2. Is Carney there too? Um, am I, I right when I say Carney, that? Yeah. yeah. Carney was there, but uh, Wayne State actually knocked him out, I believe, in the second round. Right. So, I mean, but just it just goes to show how uh, prominent the sport of volleyball is here in the state. But in particular here in the Division One bracket, you have Nebraska against Georgia Tech. Um, that should be – well, I, I don't want to say should be W's at this point, but Nebraska should um, – should, 
pretty take care of business. Yeah, yeah, they should take you, care of business. Let's let's just put it that way. You would think anything can happen as you boys know, but uh, yeah, you would think that uh, that would be a match that Nebraska could step up and handle. But you know, they're still two wins away from the Final Four. I think that's the baseline of, of expectations for Husker fans. I know Husker fans want to win it all, of course. But um, I think anything less than a Final Four would be a disappointment. And quite honestly, anything less than a Final, probably most fans would say, no, 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 anything less than a National Championship would be somewhat disappointing for, mm-hmm. for Nebraska volleyball. And, and I think they would welcome that. I mean, that's the expectation in Lincoln and John Cook has set. And, and I, they don't shy away from that. They're, they're not afraid of talking about that. And the beauty of that is, you know, they're, they're, their roster is so darn young. It's just amazing to see what they've built in such a short amount of time. And on the other side of things, you know, Creighton playing Louisville, that's a fascinating matchup. You know, Louisville, um, you know, is, is, is turning into a perennial power. They're one of the, you know, top ten uh, teams, volleyball teams, if not top five in the country. And Creighton has a real chance. When Creighton plays well, they're as good as anybody in the country. And uh, with Norris' back, they're on an incredible win streak, um, not just winning uh, matches, but dominating them. And, you know, we're, we actually sent Matt Cicilli, our sports, new sports guy, out to Pittsburgh to cover that. Um, so, you know, we're going to hear from Matt tonight um, on KTV, 4, 5, 6, 9, 10. You name the show, he'll be on it. <laughs> it. It's pretty – it's a nice indoctrination for Matt um, in terms of the, uh, just how big of a deal volleyball is around here. But cool that um, our people, our higher-ups at, uh, at KTV, thought enough about the importance of volleyball in the state to not cover Nebraska but also Creighton. And you mentioned Wayne State. Satilli texted me yesterday, and he's like, hey, Wayne State's in the airport with me at Epley. And I'm like, yeah, there you go. So he talked to Wayne State, so we got a little Wayne State love yesterday. So it was kind of cool. They were on the same kind of flight path to Pittsburgh because they're only playing like 20 minutes down the road from Creighton. And they're playing, unfortunately, at the same time, but it's kind of neat that both uh, – from Nebraska are playing within like a 20-minute drive of each other. Yeah, not, not, not too shabby, right? And, uh, and for you, this is a great time of year because there's still a lot to cover. Oh, my goodness. We have, our plate is full, which is wonderful. And, you know, um, you, you only take one match at a time, but we have peaked ahead in the schedule. You know, that's for the players. The players take it one match at a time. But we in the media, as you know, we look ahead and we plan and we say, man, if the final four is in Tampa, when would we have to leave? Where would we <laughs> How are the flights? So we haven't booked uh, flights just yet, but let's just say we have our hotel set just in case. Hey, maybe you can uh, hop on the same private jet as Taylor Swift. I heard she's really into volleyball. Sounds good to me. We'll, hook you, we'll, we'll, we'll take a little plane ride together. That'd be fun. <laughs> All right. Hey, Kay, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk again in a couple of weeks. Thanks, boys. Be good. Andy Kendi, KETV Sports Director. Um, lots of good stuff there. Um, and we'll continue a little bit of volleyball talk with Anna Bellinghausen in the 9 o'clock hour as well. Okay, we'll take a short break. When we come back, more heard at Sports Radio here on AM590, ESPN Tri-Cities in the ESPN app. Welcome to Heard at Sports Radio. Hey, top of the hour here on Herd at Sports Radio. Happy to have you with us. Happy to see everybody chiming in on the Herd at Sports YouTube chat. The chat room. Uh, Connor Cavillac, Andrew Rogers, Anna Bellinghausen here for the final hour of, hour of the show. We appreciate having her here. Um, 
before we go any further, let's take a moment and uh, tell you about another great sponsor of the show. Um, and that is Alumni Hall, which is actually the spot where I got this hat from, if anybody was People love wondering. your hat, by the way. Yeah, I get a lot of comments You get comments. On people, um, people want your hat. You know what? You know where you can find it? Hmm. <laughs> Alumni Hall. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah, it's Connors. <laughs> what a yeah, typing away. Typing away furiously. Well, while you do that, um, when you uh, are making your Christmas list, you know, you, when you're writing your letter to Santa, because maybe Santa yeah. brings you the hat this year, Connor, uh, make sure to mention to go to Alumni Hall. Make it easy on Santa. Just go to Alumni Hall to find it. It's your one-stop shop to get all things Huskers. Gifts for him, gifts for her, the kids, and the dog even, uh, which I actually did order a dog toy the other day from Alumni Hall. Um, it is a Husker toy. So Molly will be a Husker fan here soon. She hasn't, she hasn't been showing her bias to any team, <laughs> but uh, I'll get her a dog toy, although I won't show anybody the remnants of that dog toy because, uh, let's just say, uh, people will be like, yeah, she's not a Husker fan. Um, you, they also have some nice polo shirts. Two great stores in Lincoln, one downtown on P Street, um, the other um, in uh, the South Point Pavilions. Um, if you like to shop from your couch, shop online at alumnihall.com. 20% off your Alumni Hall purchase with code UNLHOLIDAY this week. All one word, no spaces, 20% off UNL Holiday. Uh, get your shopping done, head to Alumni Hall, use that code U-N-L-H-O-L-I-D-A-Y to save some money on all your Huskers gear and gifts. A.B., thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You've been everywhere. I have been. I've been everywhere. Yeah. Thank you. That was nice. You didn't think was, I had that, that, really that nice. range. Is, is that a, called a, a, vab, a vibrato? Vibrato? What? Vibrato? What? Something like that. Something like that. What's it called? Vibrato? Is that it? I don't Bravado? know. Bravado? What is it? Bravado. Vibrato? Like you have good vibrato? Yeah, that's Bravado, what it is. Bravado, I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So you're, you're really messing me up this morning already. And you've already brought up Kirk Cousins. No, I'm saying. having some fun. Come no, on. We're right. Like, I had to go to show everybody one. your hat. Not from Alumni Hall, but we're having some fun. Yeah, exactly. Smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a solid hat. Thank you. It, it's, it's a shame. I'm a fan. Is yeah. what it is. Yeah. You would wear this? That, well, that, yes. I could see Shane really? walking in with that hat on. Okay. What do you think, Shane? Oh, come on, Shane. Shane. Yeah, pot it up a little bit more. Why the f*** is Shane walking in there? <laughs> um, With AB, that hat on. Uh, let's get into, um, well, let's start here because uh, we can talk a little Creighton uh, basketball in a moment. But you've been uh, covering the first and second round mm -hmm. of, of volleyball, specifically for Creighton. Yes. Correct. Um, I mean, just what a moment for Coach Booth and this team. I mean, <sighs> yeah. a, I mean, like that was a, a very positive sigh. Yes. And kind of like a sigh of like relief. It is. Because Creighton has worked so hard for mm -hmm. so long yep. and just really hasn't been blessed with the moment. Mm -hmm. But now they finally are getting their opportunity. Just how how special is it to see yeah. them go on this run? I'm so happy for them because this year was the fifth time they've hosted in a row and haven't made it out of Omaha. They've lost in the first or second round. And last year it was a heartbreaker to a really good Auburn team, a really young Auburn team. They really didn't think they'd lose to especially. And um, so many high hopes last year were just crushed. And unfortunately there'd been so much heartbreak at DJ Sokol arena for this team that finally to realize, okay, we're not cursed guys. You know, we, we just hadn't had the, 
the greatest hand dealt to them. Um, it was a lot of injuries that had happened for some reason, always in the postseason to Creighton that um, did not help them out. But this year, everyone was healthy, knock on wood, um, and everyone played their part, did their role, and I think they were just more ready for this moment than ever. And I mean, talking to Coach Booth and Kendra Wade afterwards on the broadcast, it, they were emotional, right? Like, Coach Booth was almost in tears. I've never seen her near tears ever. Yeah, because um, she's so dialed in. Right. She's mm-hmm. always, you know, dialed in, like you said, very focused. And she was just like, I never get emotional, but this moment means so much. to do it in front of our fans. So they had won um, the second round going to the Sweet 16. They upset Kansas seven years ago. And um, Rob Anderson had posted that video that morning before their second round game in Omaha um, just this last weekend. And she's like, I I just watched that video and, and thought, like, we need to do it in front of our fans. And I'm I'm really happy for them. And they've got some good matchups coming up. I think Louisville's a, a good one for them. And I could really see them going far. So with the heartbreak last year and the run they're on, like you said, they've got Louisville up next. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a massive shift in attitude year over year? Are they more fired up? Or, or did they have this attitude last year and they just couldn't quite that get where adversity, they needed to be? That adversity has to show. Yes. Well, last year the toughest part was they lost Kendra Waite right before the first round and Kendra Waits their setter and basically the quarterback of their team she literally sets up everything for them and is the heartbeat of the team she's one of the best setters in the entire country to lose her basically unexpectedly and not have much of a plan or time to plan um, to replace her that was super tough last year and was probably a big part of why they couldn't get it done in the first round but then you come back this year and Kendra Wade comes in with a chip on her shoulder because she didn't get a play last year, right? She got to she had to watch her team lose that first round at home, and that's that has to be awful to you know to watch. And I remember seeing the tears last year and and everything like that. And I spoke with Ava Martin, who was a freshman on last year's team, obviously a sophomore now, and she, that was the first thing she brought up. She's like, I still think about that moment and I cringe, and it makes me so upset because you never want to lose first round on your home court in a year that you know they're ranked top twenty and supposed to go uh, supposed to go on a, a large run there in the, in the NCAA tournament so yeah it, it puts a fire under you and, and it makes you want to just say okay enough's enough and that's the message I got from a lot of the girls when I talked to them before the tournament is just like we are so ready for this moment because we know what defeat feels like and we felt it multiple times especially if you're a junior or a senior on this team that it's like it's it's over like we're not playing these games anymore like it doesn't matter who's on the court who's not like we need to show out in front of our fans and and get to the sweet 16 because they they've been capable of doing that every single year right but volleyball basketball football it's all about matchups of course and in that moment but again really happy for them how much do you think that want will carry them forward the rest of the way because you look up and down um, each team's roster moving forward and Creighton obviously doesn't have the strongest of you know the mm-hmm. whole field they there are three for a reason but they're very talented yeah. and, and um, they're they're experienced as well but that want has to give you like an extra like two or three jolts in the talent department right oh absolutely I mean in talking to the team afterwards and even listening to the press conferences, they all want to shock the world. Nobody, none of the experts had picked Creighton out of, uh, against Minnesota and they swept Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I think that was very telling of the fire that's behind this Creighton team. If they go in and sweep a great Minnesota team from the big 10, who honestly, in talking to them, they also had a lot of fire and a lot of um, just, just, 
want to prove people wrong in their own right because they come in unranked for the first time. I think it was since 2015, 2017. So they hadn't really been in that position as the underdog. But, right. I mean, they're still a Big Ten team, right? You're never really well, an underdog. You know, I, think, I think that's another reason why Minnesota was, like, favored Oh in, yeah, in there because they're they're in the Big Ten, yeah. right? Like, any team in the Big Ten is gonna. Well, I, I guess you look at a team in the Big East and they're just like, ah, they're Big East team, mm-hmm. and like, but Big Ten, like, yeah, we're we're, we're gonna make sure that like, right? Big Ten, they they're based on their strength of schedule mm-hmm. and teams that they played. It makes sense to that the Big Ten team would win here. I I would never have guessed that Creighton would have swept Minnesota. I thought Minnesota would at least take a set from them, and so just to see them sweep that team really impressive and makes me think okay this this team could go to the final four yeah so yeah. wow this team could go to the final four write that down yeah imagine Eight. if we had Creighton and Nebraska in the final four all right write this down Anna Bellinghausen final four that's Creighton. terrible also Anna Bellinghausen didn't believe in Creighton sweep let's write this down <laughs> yeah Andrew Rogers <laughs> believed in Creighton sweep he's taking Rogers notes now yeah. past final four <laughs> Okay. Hey, nobody had Creighton coming out of out of Omaha, so um, we're already we're already one step ahead there. So, do you see something? Because I have to imagine going into this next round, a lot of experts are going to be picking Louisville over Creighton. Mm-hmm. Do you think that doubt is going to continue to fuel them and make them work harder and harder? Every oh, round? Creighton's going to be one hundred percent the rest of the way. They will be, and I think that's that makes it more fun because in the Big East, when they play the regular season, they have the target on their back the entire time. They are at the top of their league with Marquette, and it's basically let's beat Creighton every single weekend for those teams, and they're giving them their best shot, whether it's St. John's or Xavier, whoever it is playing them. Um, now they don't have that target on their back now it's okay we're the underdogs we come in with a chip on our shoulder nobody believed in us Creighton is so underrated in volleyball I think they haven't gotten the respect that they've deserved from the entire nation and I think it was good that they got a a number three seed too and they're technically in that top 12 top 15 of of the nation just given that seeding but I still think there's a lot of respect to be um to be given to Creighton and I think they want to prove it this year with the team that they have so absolutely all right, let's switch gears and talk Creighton basketball yeah. now because and we can start with the the big one of of the weekend, uh, Nebraska Creighton. You know, it was funny because we had Sauter on last week, and we were kind of talking about I don't remember if this was on air or off what like the betting line was going to get set at mm-hmm. with and, arms wide open with had, arms wide open, and he had set it at like <laughs> three or four. I think it was three or four. Maybe yeah, he even yeah, had it yeah. a little bit lower. Um, and I was like, no, it's, it's probably going to be at least six. And I don't remember what it, what it came in at, but I'm like, gosh, if Creighton like, shoots the way Creighton shoots, I can't imagine they don't win by double digits. Yeah. Um, even with like Nebraska's physicality, um, because they are the more physical team. Not not that Creighton isn't a mm-hmm. physical team, but like Nebraska bruises you. Right. They wear you down. That's how they're going to win games this season. That's how we've seen them win games already. But I'm like, gosh, if Creighton shoots, like there's no better team in the country. From uh, the arc, they're. I firmly believe they are the best. There's mm-hmm. no better team if Creighton makes their threes. And sure enough, we saw Baylor get hot and stay hot. And I don't think Nebraska did a, a good enough job closing out. Um, now, what caused them to, you know, get into some trouble too is they like to pack it inside. Mm-hmm. You saw Creighton early on try to, like, get the ball into Kalkbrenner but couldn't mm-hmm. because Nebraska just swarms once the ball gets near the paint. And even Trey Alexander had a hard time finishing, yeah. which is why, you know, 
early on in that game, you could have said, like, gosh, having Nemhard could have been nice because Nemhard was so good at getting to the so rack creative, and finishing yeah. and, 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 and getting there quickly. Not to say that Trey can't do that, and he found his rhythm, mm-hmm. but it opened up so many holes on the outside, and it wasn't just Shireman making shots. Yeah. It was Mason Miller at times cashing threes. Farabella was making his fair share of threes. Mm-hmm. You had um, – well, obviously, Alexander, Isaac Trout make a, a couple of threes. Just in that, in that game, how dominant did Creighton look <laughs> to you? After they made their first three-pointer on, I think it was the very first possession, I was like, this game's over. Because I felt there was so much, not tension's probably not the right word, but just so much built-up momentum to this game for Creighton because they had heard all the everyone speaking about it and how Nebraska portrayed the game and it being the most hyped up game in years. I think they're like, you know what? No, we, we're going to show how dominant this team can be. We're going to show how we can shoot the three. And they did it. <laughs> and it was very apparent that Creighton was the better team on the floor, I would say, for the entire 40 minutes of that game. So did anything surprise you? Because um, for me, I, when, when hmm. watching, I was like, gosh, I was, I was impressed with how Nebraska defensively played in, like, the first 10 minutes of that game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I, yeah. I, I was really impressed with, like, that look. Uh, but did it surprise you that – I'm going to say it took too long, okay, just, just for mm-hmm. the, the nature of the scenario. Did it surprise you that it took 10 minutes for Creighton <laughs> to really get going in this game? Um, or do you think – because of all of the things leading up to this game, yeah, uh, the way it was labeled that Creighton should have been like quicker, quicker to go. Because it was a 5-0 lead, and then it yeah. quickly became like 5-5, mm-hmm. and then it was like, hey, I'm going to make some points. Okay, now I'm going to make my mm-hmm. fair share of points. And no one really pulled away until Shireman started Going off, threes. yeah. Um, I think it took a little bit of time to settle in because the environment in Lincoln was awesome. It was loud, it was intense, it was hostile, and I think that alone would have had to help Nebraska in many respects of the physicality. And they were the more physical team f- for the first ten minutes of that of that game. And um, I, I I would credit the crowd honestly to getting getting that place rocking and making it more of a an even matchup I think the first 10 minutes I, I don't think it necessarily surprised me Creighton's kind of done that and had big second halves most of the year uh, Colorado State take that one out of the equation <laughs> which is a great team by the way I saw somebody that, it's gonna age well it, it's gonna age well and yeah. somebody I forget who it was an analyst said they're in their top four right now of teams, which top four, I think that might four. be a little bit much. I, I was like, Whoa, reaching, what did I just read? I've yeah. also seen BYU in somebody's top four. So. so, so BYU is top four in net right now. But let's yeah, let's take that for stop. what it is this early in the season. <laughs> okay, but. We are very early in the season. So it, it didn't necessarily surprise me, but I think Nebraska, if there's something they can feel good about that game, it's the first ten minutes and and how they how how they matched up. I what about foul trouble early on because Creighton mm. got caught uh, yeah, with the did. whistle against them and they're not a team that fouls no, too not at often. All. Do you think that c- threw them off their game a bit? For sure, I think that has to kind of throw a wrench in things right away because then you have to be a little bit more careful and maybe some of the things that McDermott was going to set up he couldn't because he didn't want to put his players at risk and I think they're just like all right, we gotta. I we, have like to, the, I, we have to be more careful. Yeah, I liked how they found adjustments. Yeah, you or, have to adjust to that. Uh, and they're not used to it. They haven't been faced with many foul 
I guess time's in foul trouble. But the refs were a huge topic of the entire game, so I'm sure you have lots of thoughts, Connor. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> I'm realizing now it's a terrible day for me to wear a Husker basketball. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. No, I actually um, – there were a lot of complaints about officiating. Yeah. None from me. Um, it, for the Huskers, just simply outclassed on the arc. It, it was not mm-hmm. even a question. Got dominated down low, and it, it felt like they – started with an identity but lost it after that first 10 minutes yeah and then they were just kind of out there letting Creighton shoot away on them um and I'm looking at we got Shireman hitting six threes at yeah. some point you got to figure out a way to lock that down and they just they're almost daring him to shoot I felt yeah like. which, it, it, which I I'm like do not well, make that guy shoot yeah the ball. <laughs> why would you let him well it's funny because Casey has such a quick release like every time you see him release mm-hmm. the basketball you're just like wow how do you defend that and it's the same with Shireman. Shireman's mm-hmm. release is so quick that you have to be on him like glue. Immediately. Yes. Like glue. Like from anywhere. From the logo. Yeah. He says at a disadvantage because of his height. Yeah. Shireman's what? Six, nine? Yeah. Six, seven? Six, seven. Regardless, yeah. he may be six, yeah. nine in high school. <laughs> <laughs> you know the high school he's, program. He's six, seven. <laughs> he's six, seven. Yeah, okay. yeah. But Shireman's six, seven. He... He's not somebody that needs to create space for himself. His space no. is, I catch the ball, I shoot. <laughs> it's over you. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's another great point. Yeah. He shoots from above his head. Yes. Yeah. So he makes himself shoot from about 6'9". Exactly. So it, all in all, you got to close out better. Yeah. You, you have yeah. to find a way to, to get on those guys quicker. Hard part is, you do that, what do you uh, make yourself susceptible to? There's Ryan Kalkbrenner. There's Ryan Kalkbrenner <laughs> right in the middle. It, it, it's a hard recipe to kind of yeah. complete. They're a tough it, team it to really defend. Defensively. Very. Yeah, they're a very tough team to defend. Um, so Minnesota tonight for Nebraska, mm-hmm. big game. As for Creighton, they don't play till the weekend. Yes, correct? Saturday morning, Western Michigan. Um, Western Central? Uh, oh, Central Michigan, I think. Um, it's one of the it's, it's one, one of, of the Michigans that isn't state or the cheater. <laughs> what should I not have said that? <laughs> it's Central Michigan. Central. There Michigan. There we go. Um, What's their mascot? Central. Oh, Chippers. The Chippers. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. Chippewas. Oh, oh the there chippers. we go. I was like, what is a chipper? <laughs> They're the wood chippers. <laughs> They're the wood chippers. Um, Flannel jerseys. Well, they have cool colors. Uh, the. Another point I was going to bring up because it, they're not obviously Nebraska's going into conference play. Creighton is uh, still a little ways away from conference play. They still mm-hmm. have a, what a, a handful of, of non-con games and some big ones. Yes, up. so they got Central Michigan, UNLV, Alabama, and then they start with Villanova. Yeah, and that Alabama game will still be big. Yes, um, I, I hate that they dropped out of the top twenty-five, but I mean, it'll still be big. Yeah, it'll still yeah. be yeah. Um, but as you look across Big East play, and um, you saw UConn play last night, they mm-hmm. um, comfortably beat UNC, which that's a good UNC team. Also a team that was undervalued coming into this season. And I think they were undervalued because they were so overvalued mm-hmm. coming yeah. uh, into last season. Mm-hmm. A little bit of recency bias on that one. But maybe uh, Caleb Love is, is more of a uh, – a, a, well, there, there were other things that happened at, at UNC that made that an issue uh, culture-wise. Uh, but removing Caleb Love from that situation was a good thing for that program. It was also a good thing for Caleb Love because he's been doing some pretty nice things mm-hmm. at Arizona as well. But as you look across um, 
as you look across the Big East, you have uh, kind of like the top, the top three. We'll call them the big-headed, uh, the, the three-headed monster in Creighton, UConn, and Marquette. Yeah. Um, if you, it, based on what you've seen out of Creighton this season and knowing what you know about Marquette mm-hmm. and UConn, is Creighton still the team for you that wins the Big East Championship? <laughs> oh. This is such a tough question because... Because you know Creighton on their great nights beat any team, right? Yeah. They shoot the ball the way they do better than anybody else. But is that good enough to beat the Marquettes and the Yukons of the world? I mean, if they're, if they're on, yes. Uh, if everything is clicking and they're shooting 45 to 50% from three, yes. And higher, but... Again, Marquette, UConn, all three of those teams in Creighton are in the top ten right now. Mm-hmm. And it's really at any given night. With okay, these teams. so you have on, on their best night, Creighton is winning. Say Creighton, um, if their best night shooting the three is 45%, mm-hmm. 40%, what would you give their best night? 40%? Yeah. I mean, they shoot the ball about 40 times. Right. So yeah. it, it, it's, hard. it's going to be a little bit lower. Little yeah. Yeah. It, it's, hard to, it's hard to get above 40. Yeah, they shot 40 against Nebraska. Okay, and I, you would think they shot pretty well, yeah. right? And um, it was 35%. So let's just say they shoot, well, we'll say 35% from three. Do they still beat the Yukons and the Marquettes of the world? I don't know. Again, it's any given night. It depends. If it's in the Big East Championship, obviously that's at Madison Square Garden. You just don't know. It's a kind of a cop out of an answer, but it's kind of too early to tell because the biggest competition, in my opinion, that Creighton's faced besides Colorado State's Iowa, where we saw Creighton have a pretty good night against Iowa. But if they have a Colorado State day, obviously no. But if you're right. saying the the three point percentage yeah, Trey is Alexander's there, not going one for yeah. fourteen again. Exactly, like that's not going to happen again. Um, man, I I still put this team up against UConn and Marquette, but very it's very close. I, I don't know. It's so hard to tell. Yeah, I think that's a really tough one to it's, answer. It's hard to answer right much, now. Yeah. yeah, we haven't seen enough out of Creighton. We haven't seen enough out of UConn or Marquette. Yeah, like, but that's why I asked the question now too, because right. I don't want anybody's uh, thought to be swayed by, hey, they played Marquette, sure. they beat Marquette, yeah. so they can beat them again, or they lost to Marquette, sure. um, so they won't beat them again. I wanted to set it early. I wanted to set the stage really early. Start taking your notes. Yeah, because I already wrote down that Anna didn't believe that they would sweep <laughs> Minnesota in <laughs> volleyball, but Andrew did on this side of the paper. Sure. Um, so I'm just saying I had more faith. Like, that's what it is, right? I, I'm not full of it. I've never been. No. I don't know. It's so hard to tell. Um, UConn, I think, I would put UConn, Creighton, Marquette. I think Marquette's a better matchup for Creighton. I would agree so with UConn that So right UConn, your now. top team. Which is funny because UConn was that team this year that people were like, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. they lost pieces, and right. I don't see them being as good as they were last year. But shoot, they looked pretty good last night. They did. They look good. Um, Spencer hit some shots, let me tell you. Um, he had a pretty good uh, first half and um, a, a pretty good game at that. All right, AB sticking with us uh, through the rest of the hour. We'll take a short break. Uh, we will also play a game to close out the show. We would do it with Avery, and now uh, it's Anna's turn. Let's go. To play uh, a, a little game here. Um, okay, we'll come back with more Herd at Sports Radio after the break. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. 
Hey, welcome back to the show. 888-638-4876. If you'd like to get involved, that's the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. Connor Cavillac, Andrew Rogers, Anna Bellinghausen here for the final hour of the show. We are live on the Herd at Sports YouTube page, and you can get involved and comment on that page as well. We appreciate all the listener interaction. We will revisit some thoughts in uh, in this little short segment before we play a little, a little game to close out the show. We'll play a little Shane's World. Connor is not experienced that game. <laughs> Anna not. has not experienced that game. So I thought, why not throw them right into the fire? We'll do that to uh, to close the show down. And it's one of Shane's favorite games. Aim low. He, uh, <laughs> he does not succeed in, in nearly anything, but this one he has no punishment for. So uh, that's why Shane is like, yeah, I'm willing to play this game This game is loaded with pressure, though. I mean, it's like it just comes to you from the left mm-hmm. and to the right, and then, yeah. you, and then you got like a certain amount right. of time to get things done, and then, and then I just fold. You're like the chairman, man. Like, you know, you, you make the people mad <laughs> by not giving the right answer. Um, but, uh, no, we're happy to have all of you out there uh, listening. Whether you're on uh, 590, um, we're on ESPN Tri-Cities, ESPN app as well. Just a lot of ways to listen to us. We appreciate you. Okay, a couple of things. Quickly, uh, Jazz Shelley's triple-double. You guys yeah. have both mm-hmm. brought that up already today, and we have yet to bring it up on the show. It's pretty good. Like, she's oh, yeah. a really good basketball player. Incredible. And had a very dominant performance, not just from Jazz Shelley last night, but from the whole team. Yeah, everyone scored. Everyone. <laughs> well, uh, UNC Wilmington isn't, like, anything to brag about. But uh, uh, Nebraska women's basketball is. And anytime you put up triple digits, mm-hmm. it's an incredible night. Oh, yeah. Makes you feel real good. Yeah, absolutely. I remember talking to Jazz Shelley before the season, and, and it was a, a big deal that she was coming back to Nebraska. And Rather than going back to Australia, I mean, staying away from home that long has to be tough. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to stay. And I think we have a, a really fun and important story to write this year that we didn't get to last year. So really curious to see how, how good this women's team is going to be. Now, in other news, um, this in just about just about under an hour ago, Nebraska quarterback Jeff Sims expected to enter the transfer portal. Um, to the that, surprise of no one. I was going to say is not a surprise. No. Yeah. Um, and it, for Jeff, it, it's definitely necessary uh, to kind of get out of the situation yeah. because the situation really took a toll on him personally. Yeah. I, I think it was tough, you know, to a, have those injuries in the beginning of the season and then have Harburg come in. And Harburg did a couple of different things, and we talked about this a lot. He won games. And he won the locker room. And when he won both of those, he won the fans. And it was really tough for Sims to ever get a legitimate chance in anybody's eye after that. And I think he might have recovered a little bit during the season. And, you know, that's what they gave him his chances. But he did exactly what we'd expected in those same opportunities. It's just Jeff Sims isn't a very good quarterback. No. And I think that that's where we just kind of have to leave it. Yeah, um, I'm sure he's a great guy. This is uh, yeah, yeah, this not is, a comment this is, on This is yeah. all based on his performance of play, and it just wasn't there. 
Now, granted, I think it's funny how you read on in, in certain posts and you see, yeah, Sims has thrown for 4,700 yards and ran for 1,300 yards. <laughs> um, and Connor goes, where, where are the interceptions? How many interceptions? Why aren't those included in here? Because, well, there was a reason they're not included. Yeah. Because they want to keep those hidden as yeah, long as absolutely. possible so that he can land himself on another, on another team. I'll be interested to see where Jeff Sims ends up. But I thought it would be funny to, to guess his career career interception numbers. So I'm going to let uh, Connor and Anna do that. Um, I, you know, I theoretically I could guess too, and then I could look it up, but in an effort to make radio sound good, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to look up Jeff Sims so that we have the answer right away. How many interceptions do you think Jeff Sims has in his career? Is this, so just interceptions, not fumbles, just interceptions? Yeah, is it total purely? turnovers? Or? or total turnovers? Uh, well, I guess we could do both. Um, I can pull up his career stats and get and get them both, uh, but right now I have his um, INT numbers in front of me, and I would have to go to his full splits, hmm. and this is going to make it even harder. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> we want to make you work. Yeah, yeah look, absolutely. Now, like I said, this makes for bad radio because I could have been prepared, and now you guys are making me look unprepared. So appreciate <laughs> you both. Um, all right, all I have are the interception numbers in front Kay. of me right now, so we'll just go with that. Um, 30? We can't have two numbers. Yeah, <laughs> we're guessing numbers. <laughs> it's not a range. Yeah, I'm gonna guess one to fifty. Why can't I have a range? <laughs> Price is right. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go thirty-one. Thirty-one. All right, I was also gonna pick thirty-one, but I feel like Whoa. that's a cop out. Um, I know for a fact he threw six this season. I know that. So I'm gonna go thirty-two. It is twenty-nine. Oh, you okay. Guys so, both well, yeah. so you guys yeah. both don't win a prize if we're playing prices right. If, yeah. So twenty-five to thirty, though. I was in <laughs> yeah, the range. I don't, I don't care if you were in the range. <laughs> you also went over the range at the very end. Uh, Twenty-nine interceptions. I don't know how appealing that looks to any team out there. I'd be curious what Jeff Sims brings to the table. What a team says that says yes to him, even if it's in a backup capacity. I'd be curious to know. I think someone will pick him up. I think he, he's probably a great locker room guy. You have to assume. Like, you did well, see that at Nebraska. He was a great supporter of Heinrich. And yeah. But Jeff Sims, in his final year of eligibility. Yeah, you don't want to bring in a locker room guy. For he, he doesn't want to be just yeah, exactly. a locker room guy. It, so, yeah, maybe well, he takes a step down to FCS. That's exactly what I was thinking. Because I, I don't, yeah, I don't know many FBS schools that are going to be looking at him. But Nebraska know, did. Salivating. Yeah, that's a good point. But we... We got to show at Georgia Tech, I think when they brought him in to Nebraska, they, I think the argument was that he was in a bad system and that this isn't who Jeff Sims is. It was a product of where he was. Mm -hmm. And then he came to Nebraska and we showed everyone that, no, this is, this is who Jeff Sims is. Yeah, Jeff Sims is, um, is just not going, to, not going to impress at the FBS level. Um, no. He had his opportunity again. And I feel like once you get your second chance and it doesn't hit, uh, you have to figure out, okay, uh, maybe this just isn't for me. And because he's re-entering the transfer portal instead of just saying like, hey, I'm graduating or, or whatever, um, has me thinking he, he has to take a step down to the FCS level. And I don't think that's a bad thing either. I don't think he, even going down to Division Two is that bad for Jeff Sims. Maybe this is an opportunity to go closer to home. Mm -hmm. Like for Jeff, it's 
I want to be closer to family. I want to be closer to friends. I want to still play football. Maybe I just go close to him. I think it tells a lot about him and his character that he still wants to play football, too. Yeah. And that he's not like, I'm just going to hang it up after this horrible year at Nebraska, not playing my best, but I still want to play football. I think that says a lot about who he is. Or something to prove attitude. Maybe something to prove. I don't know if he would go down a level either. Like, I think he could find a, not a top, not a power five program, but I think he could find a group of five job. Yeah. A group of five team um, that could use him in his athleticism. I mean, the potential is always there for the athlete that he is. I don't know what he needs, but I, I hope he finds it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's guidance. He needs guidance yeah. for one, um, but he just also needs he needs development. And f- for somebody of his age, I don't know if it's worth. Have you missed the mark? I, I just don't know if it's worth the time. Yeah, because you you don't get time with a guy like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it'll, I'll be curious to see where he ends up. Not that it's really going to uh, change my mind about how I feel about Jeff Sims. I still think. Um, he was not a good quarterback at Nebraska, and there were uh, moments that cost Nebraska a bowl game this year, and a mm-hmm. lot can be attributed to what Jeff Sims did on the football field, uh, but also not all the blame lands on him because there no. were other moments Nebraska had throughout the season mm-hmm. where they could have won a bowl game where Jeff Sims wasn't on the field and just didn't because of other moments and other <laughs> There people. was a lot of things. Yeah, sure. there, were, there, were, yeah. there was a ton of wrong that went this season. Um, but the good news is, uh, as we talked about, to open the entire show, Nebraska's doing a very good job of working the portal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They've set a good pace for themselves. They're talking to the biggest names, and it's important to bring in a big name. Not just somebody that you're like, hey, he's my diamond in the rough. You tried that yeah. with Jeff Sims. We've done that. Let's bring in somebody now. That's a proven guy yeah. that can, you know, at least sell some tickets early. Give me the David Justice approach in Moneyball. Sell some tickets and also find ways to win football games because of just, um, uh, of just what he brings to the table. And that's a guy like Kyle McCord who they're talking to. Uh, there's word that they're talking to Cam Ward, even though Cam Ward is probably going to go to a bigger program than Nebraska right now because Cam has worked himself up to that status. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can uh, you can carry this over to the next segment if you don't if you don't want to play Shane's World. <laughs> no, <laughs> no Shane's World we're sounds just, great. We're just wrapping up some thoughts here, Shane. Uh, but uh, we appreciate the thoughts. I need to play Shane's World. In fact, yeah. th- this is how you guys um, get initiated. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Joe. Um, all right, we'll do that when we come back. Uh, Shane's World. S-H-A-N-E, which means Shane Schillerberg. It's all on you. We'll do that next on Herd at Sports Radio. You're listening to Herd at Sports Radio. Shane's world, Shane's world, party time, excellent. All right, you're the music. That means it's time for Shane's World. Uh, the two newbies in the chair get to play the game. I'll play too. We had a little uh, fumble 
little fumble ruski over in Shane's corner. Shane dropped the box of jelly beans, and only I, I apologize. Uh, we're for gonna that. say like twelve beans survived the floor. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's all we have left in the case, and that's all we'll be playing with. Here's how the game works. We will give Shane a prompt uh, as an example, um, one we've done before. We've d we did Mountain Dew flavors. And so we would say, Shane, how many Mountain Dew flavors? Well, it would be, Shane, name as many Mountain Dew flavors as you can in 10 seconds. Mountain Dew, Diet Mountain Dew. No, he did not get more than two, by the way. Okay. He was it Mountain Dew Was it day. regular and diet? Was those the two he got? Uh, no, he didn't say diet. Does that even count as a flavor? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does diet, diet count? Diet Real sugar, uh -huh. voodoo, yeah, he had code a, red. He had a, code he red had would have been red. He had a Mountain Dew in front of him and didn't even say his flavor of that Mountain Dew. Uh, I'm impressed. So keep that in mind when we're, do, when we're playing this game. But before we even get that far, we have to number how, how many Shane can get, okay? It's gonna be a 1v1 game, so one person can sit out. So if I say to one of you guys, I show you the prompt and say it's Mountain Dew flavors, I would then say, I think Shane can get two. And if I'm playing against Connor, Connor, you would either have to follow up with, I think Shane can name three, four, whatever, how many numbers you think he can get, or you say party on to that number. Let's say you say party on for the sake of the example. Then we'll put a timer on for 10 seconds. The player not playing will have the 10 second timer on the clock. And we'll say, Shane, name as many Mountain Dew flavors as you can in 10 seconds. Boom, timer starts. He has to start naming them, okay? Keep, keep the count. We tell Shane to go over total because there are things he says that don't count. Don't count. <laughs> and uh, if he gets there and Connor told me to party on, then Connor has to eat a bean. If he doesn't get there, then I have to eat a bean. Does that make sense? Okay. Mm -hmm. It'll sense. make more sense Do we have to eat the beans on the floor? No. <laughs> uh, although, if they are good ones, I'd rather eat those than the ones in here. Probably. Me too. Oh, no. Um, so, we'll start with, um, well, I should let the newbies play first, right? Shane, is that how that works? Should well, I escape? Whatever you want. Or should I be forced to play? No, you have to play. This is your game. All right, Anna, then you're playing against me. Connor, okay. you get to sit out. All right. So, Connor, will you pull up a 10-second timer on your phone? I certainly Anna, can. Let's do, uh, let's, let's do this first prompt Kay. right here, okay? I'll let you choose. How many do you think Shane can name in 10 seconds? Mm. <laughs> uh, three. Oh, come on, Shane. <laughs> can he name three? I don't know. Mm. I work hard at school. I feel like Shane could name three. Well, maybe, I, think name, maybe. I think he could name four. Okay. Do you think he could name five or no? No. So say party on. Party on. Shane, you better be able to name four, man. All right. <laughs> and if I, if I overthought this, I'm going to be so mad. So mad. Okay. Shane, in 10 seconds, you got the timer ready? I'm ready. In 10 seconds... Name as many instruments in a marching band. Trombone, saxophone, drums, flute. Keep going! Snare drum. Okay, a saxophone in a marching band? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Really? I yeah. played saxophone yeah. in a marching band oh, when I was yeah. in middle school. Yes, God! Yeah, I will yes. give him that one. Okay. Yes! I guess yeah. I don't know much about marching Come band. Come on, yeah. baby! 
Okay, so now I spin go. the wheel and I see if I get a bad jelly bean or a good one. Which is so you got. Cake. We might not even have the available flavors. <laughs> yeah, because Shane dropped that on the ground. Just spin it again. Should I just pick one? I say yeah. yeah just, just pick one. Just rule out. Whatever. Hmm. All right, what do you got there? Strawberry, banana smoothie, or dead fish? Jesus. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Come on, Anna. Oh yeah, we're good. Strawberry banana uh-huh. smoothie, yep. unbelievable. Oh. Mm. You guys Hello, in your friend. beginner's luck. Okay, well Anna, you gotta play again against Connor because you lost. Um, so fun. the next one we'll do is the bottom one here. Bottom. Yep. Okay. The bottom is... one. Ooh. Okay. I. Yeah, you, you, don't, yeah. don't overthink it. I'm gonna say Shane can name four. That's overthinking. I'm gonna say five. That's way over. Oh. Party on. Let's Party on. Go. Shane. Okay, okay, okay. Come on, man. Um, all right, Shane. Here, I'll do the timer. Yeah, you got I'll it. I'll do the timer. Shane, in 10 seconds, I'm gonna do the stopwatch here. Oh, there you go. In 10 seconds, name as many farm animals as you can cows, pigs, horses, goats, sheep, chicken. Dogs, cats. Keep going. <laughs> that was a oh, I slam got dunk. Shane is on his game today. I got annihilated. Oh, baby. The only one you can't pick is the blue one in the middle because that's that's normally good and bad. Uh, it's, it's toothpaste yeah. and very blue. The uh, the fun part of this is I'm actually very colorblind. I don't know if you know that about me. No way. Yeah, I am very colorblind. Can you so not see it? Most of them look pretty identical to me. Um, so oh. I'm just, yeah. You do see gray? No, not gray, but like they <laughs> all kind of. If he picks the blue one out of the middle, I'm I, not believing anything well, you I, just I just said. didn't pick from the middle. Like <laughs> okay. that wasn't easy. So I don't know what right, that like, looks like, but. Oh, that looks like the. Oh, no. Y- you look like you're either eating peach or barf. Oh, great. That's a barf for sure. Uh, I'm going to say peach bats. or barf. Okay. Yeah. Peach or barf. And you said three chews if it's a bad three one. Three chews if it's a bad one. Oh, it's peach. Oh, wow. What is happening? We got lucky. Mm-hmm. This is... I feel really good about myself. This is ridiculous. But you're winning. Um, well, Anna won, so you're out. Connor and I. We'll Let's do go. one more round. Shane, can you cool it, man? What am I doing? Like, you're too good today. It's like you had your Thanksgiving break. We're going to do this thing again. We're going to keep this thing rolling. Uh, appreciate all y'all. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. I, I, I don't think there's, there's any chance that, that, that we get a lot in this category. Mm-hmm. I don't think For so. you guys, that day is not today. I'm going to say Shane can't get any. I, I'm going to say he can name one. They got a pickle. Well, if I think he can't get any <laughs> and you think one, I'm going to say party on. All right. Shane, in 10 seconds. Why the f*** is Shane walking in there? Tommy Frazier. You ready? <laughs> well, may- maybe. In 10 seconds, name as many Gatorade flavors as you can. Orange. Unbelievable. <laughs> Watermelon. Ten. Glacier Freeze. Yeah. Oh, oh, let's go. I can't believe he pulled off a Glacier Freeze. I knew freeze the Glacier there. Freeze was going to come. I thought, that's the best one. I thought Lemon Lime was going to get in there. Or Fruit oh, Punch. Oh, Lemon Lime, yeah, yeah. Fruit Punch. That is... Can I pick it for you? I kind of like the color of this guy. What is this one? 
I'm too exhausted from like being amazing yesterday. Tutti oh, Fruity. No. I had the stinky socks before, and it's not good. I can't oh. imagine it would be. Tutti Fruity or stinky socks. You know I'm going to get it. No way. Tutti Fruity. Oh, my. Did Shane what dump out all the bad ones? No, but stinky socks. Yeah. <laughs> Is no, it? wait. I don't know. How do you not I feel know? like, Shane, didn't I have this problem last time? I'm not putting that back in my mouth. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't smell good. That smells like stinky socks. Well, maybe. But the shell tastes tutti frutti like. They fooled you. Give them nothing. No, I don't. Put it, put it back in. Yeah. Give it another go. I am not putting it back. (laughs) Give it another go. It's like a piece of gum now. Try another one. (laughs) Yeah. I did that once before. I'm not doing it again. No. Fool me once. I ain't wet, man. Nope. Nope. What if you ate all of them at once? What would happen? Can you believe he got Glacier Freeze? That would be disgusting. Glacier Freeze was a shocker to me. I thought Lemon that Lime was, was for honestly sure. honestly the first one I thought of. I can't believe he get, even got orange. He got more Gatorade flavors than he did Mountain Dew flavors, and he has that every day. <laughs> every day. Incredible. Shane just coming through today. Shane, what? He's on his game. I'm too What did you do different this morning? being amazing yesterday. Stop it. Stop it. That's unbelievable. I don't know if I could be amazing today. I'm too exhausted from being amazing yesterday. That's about how Shane sounds every day. Yeah. Same. That's every morning. Voice. That's actually him. Yeah. Mom, get my nuts! Get my nuts! <laughs> I can't believe it. All right, I want to address one thing before we go. Um, got about a minute and a half here on mm, the uh, this smells delicious. YouTube chat. When I brought up the Tua versus Mahomes thing? Yes. It was taken out of context. Oh, oh. sure. Oh, sure. So, when I said that... We're going to do this thing again. We're going to keep this... Tua has, has to have someone throw him the football. It wasn't that Tua can't throw him the football. It was that Mahomes can decide everything on his own, and Tua is relying on somebody else. Tyreek is relying on Tyreek, I'm sorry. Tyreek. I knew what Uh, you meant. uh, That's what I meant via the context of that conversation. It was not dogging Tua. It was not dogging even the Dolphins. It was just that's why I gave the Chiefs the edge. Um, Because Tyreek needs a quarterback to throw him the ball? I don't know if he knows this. Did you know everyone in the Chiefs also needs a QB to throw them the ball? No, no, no. But Mahomes (laughs) is the quarterback. Like, you guys are missing the point here. Mahomes takes takes the game and, and, and does what he wants with it. Right, Tyreek needs the ball in his hands in order to do that. He can't do it unless he has somebody else. Uh, th- he's relying on somebody else to give him the football. I, I understand your point. Can. You have to score more but points than the other team. That's stop it. Andy. Great analysis. <laughs> great analysis. You guys are. You guys are now. Now we're leaving. I'm done with you both. I'm done with. It. I want Ravi back. <laughs> Ravi would never do this to you. No, Robbie's nice. <laughs> uh, that's the show for today. If you missed anything, check us out on the on the Herd at Sports uh, podcast. And um, we got everything in a transfer talk. Uh, we have great interviews with Brian Christofferson, um, Omaha Supernovas player, and, and much more. Uh, and join us tomorrow on Herd at Sports Radio.